A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. It's that time of the week again the Rugby League Rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard, and get ready for an hour of nothing the NRL tour. And a bit of a change up this week for the podcast, just to work around uh, some changes in our own weeks. We're going to do a review of the round as it was and talk a little bit of footing, some power rankings tonight. And then we're going to come back Thursday because Magic Round doesn't start until Friday. And we'll have a preview and some tips and whatever else has happened during the week, Boxhead. You're heading yeah. not into camp, but you've got training or basically uh, some extra sessions this week around Cup because you've got the city team. Yeah, I've got the city team. So that's. <clears throat> yeah, this Saturday at um, Cogra Oval. So yeah, there's a, there's a little bit going on this week. Changing. Well, I've got I've got Cup and City this week. So yeah, that's and you've be... got a game Saturday and you've got a game Sunday. Yeah, so City's on Saturday at Cogra, and then we've got a Cup game. It's Cup Magic Weekend as well. So we play the Dragons on Sunday which at Blacktown. <clears throat> it was originally at Redfern, but they've rescheduled it because Redfern's apparently no good. So, so you're now... all at Blacktown. No, Saturday is at North Sydney. We are originally 11am at North Sydney. That's what I thought. But because it's been moved to Blacktown, we've been moved to Blacktown and made the main game on Sunday, 3 o'clock. And the Rooster South, which was supposed to be main game Sunday at Redfern, has now been flipped to 11am at North Sydney on Saturday. So, so just, they've just flipped the venues and flipped the 3 o'clock and the 11 o'clock game. So, so, so it's still two venues there? Two venues. Blacktown now is now hosting the Sunday. Okay, that makes sense. So, which is good, yeah. Blacktown's... In good nick, gets plenty of footy, but it holds up. So yeah, it'll be good. Yeah, fast track too. Yeah, good. And then Cogger on Saturday for City. So we named that today and lost a few guys who got caught in the New South Wales Cup. But overall, we'll have a strong and competitive team. It'll be yeah, it's always a good week. We get to train out of the high performance centre tomorrow and use the facility in the field and the lecture theatre and all the gear there, and um, and then we'll train. Uh, Wednesday night and Friday night at Wentworthville. Yep, and it's 16s, the 18s, women's, and no, the men's. No, is it the whole kick no, and this no. year? Thursday night is, they're going to televise the women's. Okay, on Thursday so night. it's all separated this year. Saturday is all men's or male, 16s, 18s, opens, as yep. far as I know. And for everybody out there, obviously, the team that you've got is made up of Ron Massey, New South Wales Cup majority. Yeah, like it's the old and city versus country origin. Now, yeah. instead of having it as your they NRL, they, the it's comps. part-timers. Yeah. yeah. So and then all the others are coming from like the Illawarra A grade, the Newcastle A grade, country competitions, etc. And there, there's, you know, like looking at that list last year. Well, it's not A grade because now they run their own. Like, they they run competitions, yes, <laughs> yeah. but in those regions. But like I was saying there, like there's a lot of guys that go out that have been in NRL systems or cup systems. Well, Luke, who's the nine for country? Yeah, well, like, he, he should be at Newcastle still playing he cup be. or in their NRL squad. So. Yeah. So there's some quality players running around, and mm. Newcastle comps are very strong. Illawarra is a very strong comp as well. So. All the uh, like all the chat is that previously the Newcastle and Illawarra were never a part of the country aspect. Mm. So they were always they always had their own game. Yeah, played each other. So now they're included in the country. So they're saying like country should be heavy favourites apparently. 
So well, if, if because going essentially off. it's just Ron Massey Cup, any fringe New South Wales Cup guys that are eligible. It's not the smartest decision to play New South Wales Cup this weekend. No, well, because you've obviously chucked. players are going to say, "Well, I'd rather play New South Wales Cup than to play uh, City Country." And yeah, well, on their side and, of things, and, and essentially everyone outside of that is eligible for country. Having a few mates who've gone to the Laura Comp because there is some pretty good money in there. Again, ex couple NRL squad players, Newcastle is much the same. Brock Lamb and a couple of guys are there that should definitely still be playing decent levels of football. So we'll put it this way: they had the Presidents Cup last year in, which is your winner of Newcastle. Yeah, your winner of Ron Massey. Ron Massey, your country champion. Yeah. Plus your winner of Ron Massey and I think Newcastle won it. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. They beat Hills who and Hills were one of the strongest Massey sides we've seen in. Mm, well, they had a couple of ex-NRL guys that were a bit older years, but yeah. had some good cut level and high level yep. Massey players. So there you go. If anyone's interested in that, that's Cogra on Saturday. 2.20 on Saturday, yeah. And uh, Magic Ground Saturday and Sunday for the New South Wales Cup. So plenty of football in Sydney despite Magic Ground obviously being up at Suncorp. This weekend, but uh, set of six, I've got some small stuff here before we jump in and review the games from the weekend, but tackle one that I've got here, and this is all thanks to you by bluebet.com.au. If you're going to have a bet with anyone, make sure you do it with the true blue bookie. Uh, <clears throat> terms of tackle one, Wayne Bennett, 900 games this weekend. That's huge. Is that not just insane to think that someone's coached 900 first grade games? All the way back in the day when he was at Canberra. We know about the success with Brisbane. The move to the Dragons, which yielded some success. Newcastle, you know, how it ended, all the situation itself. Yeah, it wasn't a success. It didn't end that great. But from there, it bounces back at Brisbane. That obviously gets a bit tumultuous. Has some more success at South Sydney. Unfortunately, not able to grab the grand final at either of those clubs. And then now the job he's doing, obviously establishing the Dolphins, absolutely outstanding. And to think someone can have that much longevity, um, and what he's done is just—it's immense. Yeah, it's, like it's coach one season in the NRL was incredible. That's yeah, what thirty years? Is that what we just said? More. Well, what, what's it now? Twenty-three. He was at Canberra as an assistant, and then took over. I think to start with. So, I'm trying to remember when Canberra come in was that eighty-six or eighty-four, something like that. Yeah, yeah, somewhere around there. So yeah. I think he was there to start with and then coach. So yeah, he's almost 40 years. Wow. Or yeah, basically 80, 13, 20, 80... 30, something like ridiculous like that. Cameron might have been. Were, they, 80, Don... were they 88? I'm trying to remember the bloody banners in the gym when we're in there. Wasn't that Newcastle the same year? Uh, I don't know. I wasn't even born, but I remember, I'm trying to remember the banner in the gym. I thought it was early 80s, like 83 or 84. And Don Furness Senior was the first coach. And then they got Wayne Burnett down after. They played their first game in 1982. There you go. So <clears throat> Don Furness Senior, the original Don, was the first coach. And then Wayne coached and then Sheens, I think. Because I do remember the banners having Wayne Bennett listed. Uh, there was like three three or four banners. That was before they'd moved now to Braddon and moved out of near the TAFE and all that when we were playing 20s. But yeah, his first year might have been 84, 85 from memory. But 900 is just... Yeah. Nuts. And again, we talk about success every year. have gone despite, you know, just, ugh, I don't even know how to put it in words to think that someone's been able to survive in this business for that long. You look at Bellamy 
and your Robinsons and these few guys that have long stints at clubs because there's only a few that get to do such a thing. You don't even think that Bellamy's been there for 22 years and it's almost double still. Like, Bennett's almost double the amount of that. Yeah. More. Like, not more, sorry, but in terms of games, time, origins, like everything he's been involved with as well on top of that, to add all those games up and what he's been involved with is just crazy. Yeah. So, testament to him and... By the looks of him, I know, I know he's got another year to go here and then they're saying he'll step into another role. It really wouldn't surprise me if he still moved elsewhere afterwards and tried to keep coaching. Yeah. Because he's pretty much said it himself that he's going to keep around football because it's what keeps him young and the people keep him young and he enjoys doing it. If he ends up cracking the 1,000 somehow, that would just be nuts. Yeah. Um, but what a career it's been and could go on about superlatives and dig a bit further and deeper and everything, but I think it speaks for itself. The grand finals and success everywhere he's been I think probably the more important thing other than just the coaching side of things is the positive impact he's had on so many people, which is the biggest thing you hear a lot of people say about Wayne Bennett making him the best version of himself or, you know, just how how they are in life, the balance they find, being the best version of himself, and that brings out well, the Just best look at the Dolphins. In their rugby league. Yeah. Well, look at the Dolphins. It's incredible what they've done. It's a prime example. There is, like, there is some good young players there and there's a couple of guys a bit older, but there's a lot of guys there that people would look at and go, all right, he's probably an NRL squad player. And they've certainly overachieved what I expected this year. 100%. That's for sure. So full credit to him. Tackle two, uh, just some signing news because there's been a little bit sort of come through in the last few days and back end of last week. Nelson, that four-year extension at Melbourne, obviously, Something that people were wondering, there was a lot of talk about the Wallabies had a look at him, the All Blacks had a look at him, overseas rugby union because he came through that way. The Dolphins had a big crack. So a four-year extension there, definitely important uh, for that deal to get done in them. Jack Whiten, I guess we'll talk a little bit more about the aftermath of that, how that worked out. That is now confirmed. Four years. I know it's going to be scrutinized. Everything's going to be going through by the NRL. But again, I can't see why, after all this, anyone would be stupid enough to do anything that wasn't above board. I know the situation and why Canberra feel the way they do, but um, yeah, I, I highly doubt anything's going to change on that front. That's for sure. I thought it was yeah, it was unreal to see Jack's passion and his emotion mm. and Ricky's. And Ricky's it was unreal, fantastic. That's that's about all I've got to say. And I, I yeah, well, I, I find I, it. I, I get. I, I, get, I why. get the argument that the cap is bullshit because I've been saying that for years. I hate third parties. I hate the fact that yeah, he's come out and said third parties. I'm not talking about this deal specifically. I'm talking about, I hate third parties in general mm. because they they then create an imbalance because some clubs have more than others. That's the point, right? And I've been saying that for Yonks. In, in regards to this deal, the only issue I have is that he's going to take unders. His reason was to test the open market to try and get more money or trying to see what his market value was. And in the end, his intentions weren't to look to see if he could get more money. His intentions were to look to see if he could find a, a club which he perceived to be more a chance of winning a comp, which he's more than entitled to do. He had that in his contract, so he's entitled to exercise that in his contract. I don't know what more else you can say. Do, do, I, do I like it? No, because I feel like it makes Canberra weaker and makes South, who are already strong, significantly stronger, which to me is the opposite effect of what the salary cap should do. But from Jack's perspective, he's done nothing wrong. He's, he's well within his rights to do exactly what he's done. And it's hurt him. You can see that, which is good. It means he cares about the Raiders. Because part of me was probably thinking last week, once they sort of said he's going to go, 
I was I sort of started thinking like if I was if I was at the Raiders like is there is it worth pursuing maybe moving Jack on and using that money because you know he's going to be gone next year and moving a guy in who could potentially going to be playing in the halves next I started to think next step for the Raiders and could you fast forward that a little bit but then after seeing a how he played and b how he how he held himself after the game. There's no way. He'd be well, I think they both answered what we thought about last week. Would there be bad blood? Did any happen to that relationship? How they feel about There's one naturally another? There's naturally going to be bad blood because yeah, but I think he. But they're men. You get over it. You get in a room and you you move they're on. They're emotional because, like I said, they care about each other. Yeah. And if they didn't care, like he said, we they wouldn't be acting the way they are. Yeah. But I also think you saw the response like we wanted. He played some pretty, to be quite frank, shit football the month prior. But with the weight off his shoulders, he was very very good on the weekend. Yeah. So for them. You know, hopefully it finishes up like it did last year where they string some games together, they find themselves in the final and they're a puncher's chance. I I honestly still myself can't see them winning the competition. I can definitely see them playing finals and I think if they don't make the finals with the roster they've got, it is an underachievement. Yeah. But how far they can go and why he's done what he's done, I can understand because he's been there for 14 seasons. Yeah. So clearly, the other argument I heard during the week, and I know a little bit because again, one of the instances happened during that time we're down there, people were saying... Well, doesn't he owe it to the club for some of the things he's done that they've kept him on board? But that's a crock of shit because that goes both ways, just like the contract thing does. Club, if he was an insignificant player on fuck all money who had some of the incidents he'd had, he'd be gone in a heartbeat. But we know when things happen and talent replays there, just like guys who get signed by multiple clubs, and Canberra's learned that the hard way, that if you don't work with people sometimes through their issues and they let them go, which they thought was the right thing in the past, the NRL just lets them walk into another club. Mm. So, you know, they've worked That's probably issues. the hard thing, thing for Canberra to cop as well. But on top of that, after some of those issues, he turned into an Origin player, an Australian player, got him to a grand final, won a Daly M medal, and won a Clive Churchill medal. So I think he's more than fucking repaid that they've other had, side of just it Just in well. the last decade, they've had some bruises, Canberra. Just yeah. like Tedesco signed and backflipped. They had all those guys. Well, like, they yeah. let Dugan go for the reason, the right reasons yeah. and got the reverse of it. They let Carney go for the right Dugan, reasons, got Carney. the reverse of it. They did the Ferguson thing, yeah. got the reverse of it, which is the point I'm making in this situation. So where Jack sort of was sort of the first five, one where they stopped and thought, you know what? Five kicks. Despite this thing, he's young, we're going to work with him. And I think for anyone to say that he hasn't repaid that would no, he give yourself an uppercut because he got the contract, he got this time around, delivered those results he did, played well, the rep football. He won a to and, a grand final. Yeah. Scored their only try in a grand final. Won Clive Churchill met on a losing team. So yeah. when I heard that somewhere else, it's like, that's the fucking dumbest thing I've ever heard. He's Joey Leilua passing the ball away from winning a comp. But at the end of the day, on the flip side of it, I think more of this probably was a story because of, I think, who his coach is. I don't mean that in a bad way because he's an emotional person and he cares about him and he cares about the club as well and it's it's hurting. And it yeah, has hurt I don't know about Because that. I don't think you've heard as much about other guys, you know, who have done similar things. And the other argument a lot of people have well, is... But who has done this? It affects, who your, has club. Done a it affects your club when they're leaving early. I'm like, well, on the flip side of that, Penrith had guys signed well out and they went and won comps. We knew Kikau was leaving. We knew Arpy was leaving. Yeah. We knew Burton was leaving. I knew Brandon Smith was leaving last year. Like... That's just the system it is. It is how it is right now. And to think, the other thing, again, I know we've talked about it, I don't keep going on about it. Transfer window or this window or that window. If anyone doesn't think there's still going to be speculation, dirty business from agents and this shit in the news constantly and people still breaking contracts, I don't think there is a perfect system. Yeah, I, I don't th- think there's much the cleaner way to do it. The AFL do it clean. Yeah, there's, not a lot of, there's not a lot of chat in the AFL about it. But I think their system's pretty good, but they've got a draft to go with it. And that's part of the point. We don't so have a draft. Until we, don't have a draft. until we snap away from NRL clubs developing players and having 16s, 18s, flag, cup, hmm. you can't have... And again, we don't have, have the SNAFL and the Vic League and the... Tas- we don't have all that we stuff. We do. You've got QRL, New South Wales Cup. Yeah. You, could, you could do it that way. But essentially, 
you're then asking everyone else to develop your, your players. And we don't have, yeah, we're not set up gonna, for that. It's not going to happen. So. You could do it, but it would take a monumental change in the way we think, the way we operate, the way clubs operate, the way feeder clubs operate. Mm. And even for coaches, developing coaches. Well, the other thing is you need to drop people into the right spots to take over. You'd have to do to 10 or 15 over. years before you'd even get near an NRL club because you wouldn't have Harold Matthews, SG Ball, no. Jersey Flag. Like it takes you 10, but 15 years placement. just to get... You need there, people from some of these areas, like a dense area, like a Penrith or yeah. a Brisbane or any of these ones where they're rugby league and you know what? You know what is not set up for it? Schoolboy rugby league. No, schoolboy rugby league is terrible. Schoolboy rugby league is nothing like it used to be system. and it's nothing like what the AFL's versions are. No. But I've gone way off topic because it's signing news. It's but not. It's not. It's it's well on topic and it all yeah. relates. But uh, other deals that have been done as well, no surprise here, Marcelo Montoya extended for two years. I think that's Good for the Warriors, yeah. playing good football, covers multiple positions. Your boys, Titans, Khan Pereira, three year extension. We don't. He's got some hot wheels and he's shown that he can uh, obviously burn some rubber, finish, and got some physical stuff probably to work on at the back end, but they've got enough help there, obviously, to cover up for that and utilize his best skills. But three year extension for him. Uh, Josh Kerr, no surprise here. I said that a lot of Wayne disciples would follow Wayne. He's heading to the Dolphins for the next two years. So he's leaving the Dragons and going up there. Yep. Uh, and then there was a couple of sort of late ones. Sean Russell late today, two-year extension with Parra. I'm not surprised. Good young kid, plenty yeah. of years ahead of him. And the move from the Bulldogs on the weekend, they let two players go from their top 30. Andrew Davey, who they only just brought over, and Brandon Clark, who was a late inclusion and a hooker. He's out. Don't know where he's ended up. But Davey's gone back to the Eels immediately for the rest of this season and next year. And then Gus, as he does on Twitter, likes to inform everybody about everything that's going on. They've got two spots open. I, if they don't upgrade Khalid Rajab now, I have no idea what they're thinking. Based on what? Based on what they've got in their squad, based on need, based on the fact that things are just getting louder and louder, that Flanagan's gone and will be moving on. Or, and if they've already done what they've done now, they're not using him. You'd like to think you'd have a fourth half in the mix. I don't know why you wouldn't upgrade Rajab. I thought he should have been in the top 30 already. Yeah, okay. And then in terms of where else they pull from, I don't know them. If they've got someone else internally, again, they'd like to upgrade, they've got that option now. But you're also coming past the week 10 window here where you're going to have access to your development players. So whether they shuffle someone else up from the development setup and put someone else in there, which gives them access technically to an extra two players, I don't know. Mm. But again, without knowing too much on that side of things, the one thing that seems to be becoming more and more apparent is they everyone seems to think that Flanagan's going to beat Manly. And Manly have a spot open as well. So whether that plays out or not, on the flip side for the Dolphins, we yeah. played hooker in New South Wales Cup on the weekend. Yeah, well, that was. I think somebody. That's another thing I saw on Twitter, which Gus saying he always thought he was a hooker. I'm like, well, that's strange because he's come through playing in the halves. Mm. So who knows what's bloody going on? But when I saw that open up straight away, the first name that came my head is surely now that Carla ends up in the top thirty. We'll see. So see what happens there. But that's some of the signing news that has happened uh, today in the last couple of days. Uh, tackle three, it's just more a simple point. I didn't think, and not that it's not, not like he's not already at an outstanding level of what he's doing. I didn't think Nico Hines could be any better a human being than he was until I saw what he did again the other night yeah. with Paul Green's kids uh, with the medal and the jersey. And I'll put on the flip side because I've seen a lot of spruik in the last few days that, ah, oh, it's the best thing he's ever had in the rugby league and it's talk like he's the only one. I'm like, well, that's a crock of shit that he's the only person he's ever really promoted positivity. It's what they actually choose to report. But I'm glad in this case, a lot of what he is doing is getting 
the recognition it should deserve, all the platform, in particular in the mental health space and all those sort of areas that he's addressing. But it was almost being spoken about in circles. I feel like the last 12 months, almost like it's the first time someone's really put positive stuff forward or does positive things off the field or carries things in a positive manner. I think there's a lot of positive people in rugby league. I just think that, unfortunately, the negative stuff sells a lot more than the positive things do. But there's no doubt in my mind, like, you want to go top-tier, legendary human beings, he's fucking right on top of the mountain. Mm. But when I saw that the other night, um, under the circumstances, and just, again, the track record of what we've seen him do in particular the last few years, and speaking about his own life, that is an absolute quality human being. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure what else you can say, mate. Mm. I don't know if I can say much more. Uh Quality, quality human and playing unreal football should be the 5-8 for New South Wales in my humble. Yep. Not going to disagree one bit at all. Tackle four, more a simple point again that I'm hoping is finally resolved here, but there's a bit of a chain of events apparently to unfold. Unfold. We all know about the Bellamy contract until 2027. The male was growing louder that he was going to stay for another year. I think the club really wants him to stay for another year. More for the fact that after Billy Slater made it clear that he's happy with all the jobs he's got and he's not ready to be a full-time NRL coach is they want Riles. We want to, the Roosters told Riles after what happened with O'Brien, basically, that he had to see that contract through. And I, I think they would let him go if they really came push to shove, but I think he wants to be a man of his word. So on the Melbourne side of things here, I think the more mail that I've been getting, Riles has basically told the Dragons that they need to wait. And they really want him, but if they... He obviously can get the Melbourne job, he's definitely not going to go to the Dragons. But there's a chain effect here where here on the flip side of that, about your Haslers and these couple other guys at the chain, that there's a whole knock-on effect to come, all pending what happens with Craig Bellamy in the Melbourne Storm. Mm. So apparently with the buy round, the club's already extended multiple times again for him to make the decision. They're really hoping he stays because this was supposed to be the last year and the rest of the years to come were in development roles or overseeing. But again, with the group, with what's going on with the situation they're in, they're really hoping they can keep him on in the head coaching role for an extra season. Yeah. But they, again, we're hoping it would be resolved after this week. We might hear something this week, but if that is the case, I think there's going to be a lot of news to follow yeah. and a lot of dominoes to fall because there's a lot backed up all hinging on this one decision, hmm. which is going to be huge, mind you. Um, but yeah, there's a, there's a lot of guys out there waiting for that domino to drop and then I think there's going to be a fair bit going on. Uh, it sounds that way, yeah. Tackle five. I don't want to spend too long on it because it's suddenly turned into the cycle again where everyone was talking positive because of what happened in the preseason and now all the bashing's already begun again. But the manly situation this week, you know, I, I don't really have a problem with what DCE said, to be honest. I, I think so. Oh, about Schuster. It was basically a roundabout nice enough way to say it's up to him, I guess, to put himself in the best situation and shape to play his best football and he's a bit of a crossroads yeah. with what he wants to do. And a lot of people can interpret that the wrong way, but I think he put it in pretty simple terms. Like The guy's got all the talent in the world, and it's on him whether he's fit and up to first grade standard and available to play football. Yeah. And then with the few things we've heard the last few days about him, the Fulton situation, and then the little bit that's come out with about you know Madison and potentially a dust-up at training. Like I just love how quickly the cycle can turn again with the media and getting on board. And there's already some Seabold pointing going on, and I was just like, Really? My, um, a couple of weeks ago, phone, they were singing their praises. My phone lit up when that story came out on, when was it, Saturday? Mm, I'm sure it did. Saturday? People wanting to know the ins and outs and all of it. It was simple. 
response was, well, I wasn't there. And even if I was there, I wouldn't be telling you what went happened anyway. What happened nah, anyway? But because just, again, the last thing you need to do is to publicize something that should be kept private. Um, yeah, it's not not an easy uh, few days to navigate for the NRL staff and Seabold, definitely not. With not only that, I guess that speculation, the Schuster speculation, the loss. So, you know, when you when you feel like you're going good, it's not too long before rugby league kicks you in the balls. Mm. Um, and I'm sure, you know, probably the best thing for them will be to get on a plane middle of this week and get up to Brisbane and focus on focus on some footy. Yeah, hundred percent. And then again today, see stuff with the Fultons going on in the club. Like, there's no doubt in my mind. I think it was pretty obvious last year after what happened with the Fultons, Hasler, and the Penn side of things. That when he's got Mestroff in, he's trying to get rid of factions and just have things be neutral, clean cut, and start again. And as is the case in any I situation, I don't even think it's that. I just think it's best, like best person for the job. I get that too, but I also best think at the, the time when you've got people feeling they've got control and pull. It finally sort of come to a head, and I, I think that all sort of come. And look, I, I can only t- I, I can only talk from my experience in there, which has been you know short period of time, once a week, for you know three or four months. That the rugby league staff are completely separate to the admin staff. Hmm. It's very you know rugby league is here and admin is there, which I think is that's how good organisations operate. I think it starts to get a little bit murky when you start across the lines and people put their nose in where it's not needed and. I think very well from my experience, and as I said, that's not the be all and end all, and it's not twenty four seven. But from the time I've spent in there, rugby league is rugby league, and admin is admin, and they're both left to their own devices. And um, I've I really like the setup in the new new grandstand and Brookie. They've sort of moved away from Narrabeen. Um, yeah, they've got some nice flash facilities, and I think look. The result wasn't great, no doubt about that, and that's added certainly poured petrol on everything that's happened now because you know the incident and the reporting of the incident probably wouldn't have gained as much traction if you didn't have the result, and then you know it's the other stuff sort of snowballs on top of that. Um, so I get yeah, like I said originally, I think the best way that they can shush it is win, to just win and play good footy and let let people talk about the game. Not the off-field stuff. The mm. Schuster, the Schuster stuff. I I agree with you. I thought what DCE said was not only honest, but I thought it was appropriate. And yeah, everyone can see that he he's been struggling to start the year. Mm. I think. Oh yeah, he he put it in. A, in a, but what what I also think he did is he just put water on it, didn't he? Like for Cherry Evans just to be that open and honest. Oh, he's just open and honest, leader. but he worded it in a simple, pretty simple yeah. way that he's, at, I mean, he's you, at a crossroads and it's up to him. You haven't really heard anything else about it because you've you've had a leader be honest about it. But like I said, yeah. on the back it of that and what's happened, it, it's been a chain of events and then some of the fault and stuff on top of it. I'm just looking at it going like, really? Yeah. Like for them, no wonder they're doing, I can sort of understand even more so now why they've made decisions they have in the off season and moving forward now where I think they're just trying to get all the drama out and have a fresh slate realistically. And that's from an outsider's point of view. Yeah. But again, just all that popping up in the media again, I'm like, no, just don't. Back in the last year, we just had eight weeks of manly, 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 manly. We had nothing but positives for a few weeks and now it's just slowly mm. creeping back in again. So I'm hoping this is just a little molehill that they can hopefully get over and we hear the end of it. 
because the drum, the drums already started beating this week with all the stories. I'm like, fuck, here we go again. <laughs> we're about to get the Seabold Slayers out and everything's his fault and everything suddenly was his fault and contracts that were done before he even got there. And it's like, oh, God. But yeah. You, you, the stupidity like, of it all. From my perspective, and I, I, I was pretty open and honest to say that I, I was a fan of Seabold when he was at Brisbane and I didn't agree with him getting sacked there, but there's just certain people that have got agendas and... Well, they'll pedal them, and if they get fuel to pedal them, then they yeah, yeah, that's they'll jump all over it, won't they? Yeah, that's that's, that's the game. And tackle six to finish this off is the power rankings brought to you by Penrith Solar Centre. Jake and the team there tackle your rising power bills head on this season with the help of solar. Let them give you the highest quality solar solutions and energy experience. Visit www.penrithsolar.com.au or call eighteen hundred twenty twenty nine thirty. Number one this week, the Bunnies. You put them up. Item as one last Set week. I, I tipped them. I was confident. I had a nice win on Latrell and South anytime. Yep. When he swooped through, I was pretty happy. Then I was smiling like a Cheshire cat when those few quick tries happened. I was like, yes. Counting the cashola. Uh, number two, funnily enough, again, I guess from the weekend result, but then looking at other results, I bumped Brisbane still to two. I didn't. I got Penner still at two. Well, I pushed Penrith down to three. Um, yeah, I got Brisbane wasn't a great three. result. I know a lot of weather. They lost Lenny before the game. They lost Eisenhuth early. But yeah, I think just the the bigger wins coming against a couple of teams uh, that obviously probably weren't in the eight. They did lose to Brisbane early. They lost to Southwick before, but you know that'll all change. Uh, I've left Storm at four with the buy. Uh, I'm going to bump the Sharks up. Yep, I thought about it, but I left the Sharks at five. I was probably yeah. happy just to finally see him be a bit ruthless in the performance. I'm going to go Storm at five. Yep. Roosters uh, at six. Roosters at six. Again, on the flip side, it was nice to see that defensive resolve come back and they got the duck egg. Yep. So something we haven't really been able to see or associate with them for a while. I've still kept the Warriors at seven. I I, I think they were still very tough considering the troops they were missing and the conditions they played in. Yeah, me um, too. Seven. Yeah, uh, And I've got the Dolphins at eight. Eight. They were yeah. tough uh, in that one. I thought Canberra really. Yeah, I'll probably, I'll probably. Oh God, man! Well, they still got five wins between who? Dolphins. Dolphins do, yeah. Without the stupid fucking buys in the ladder, which I hate, which ruins the way the ladder looks. You can actually just can't you just click on the ladder on wins and it just streams it by wins. Uh, I don't know, but it annoys me. It is, it is ridiculous. You're right. I was looking at it last uh, night going. There's teams that have had two wins well, that the are last behind weeks, teams that have had three. Manly have still been second. I'm like, well, they've got a buy. Yeah, but then Melbourne have been down lower, and Dolphins and a few others have been just down do, lower. I don't know why we don't go to the NFL system. Why just a boy? No, no, just have your record. Like blah blah blah. Your well, record I mean. is seven and two. Or that's why I've always said that. The, point, the points are fake. And then just go points differential if you're on the same record. Because the stupid thing I hate here, we go. We got two points for the boy. I'm like, but everyone gets the points for the boy. They eventually get them. So why do you get points for a boy? It's dumb. Because all it does is you look at that and you go, hold on a minute, and then you it's look dumb. and go, they've won more games. They've played more games. I'm like, oh, so Melbourne were. Out of the four, or outside it, and Manly were staying up when they had their buyer, and slowly as teams have had their buyer, the ladders. Yeah, it's like Brisbane are first sort of. with seven wins, Sharks are second with five wins, mm. South are third with six wins, Melbourne, the Roosters are fourth and fifth with five wins. It's always the Warriors up. are eighth That's with saying. five wins. So the Warriors are eighth with five wins, the Sharks are second with five wins the point I'm making so every time I look at the ladder I'm like what the fuck's going on so, so dumb the buyer fucks up just look at wins but the buyer ruins four and it ruins all of it because it just muddles it so you're getting a false impression look at wins and you're probably going to need what do you reckon you're going to need 
12, 13, probably 13. We're the log jam this year. I, I think, think 13. I think we're going back how it used to be. We 13? used to always say 12 and 12. Or, I think 13 this year. But years prior, it's gotten higher. Because you get three buys? Yeah. Because of the way they've spread it. 27 weeks this year, three buys. Three buys. Um, yeah, so that's what? 24 games. 24 games still. Yeah, I think 13, 13 or 11. Yeah? Yeah, I guess. But that log jam, I think... Is the point still like second last up? Is only like two points away from a bit like what I said about the Cowboys last week. Well, no, your eighth place team at the moment. It's four wins or five wins. Five and four. Dolphins are out of the eight at the moment at five and four, and then you've got one, two, three teams with four and four, and you've got Manly who are four, one and three with the draw. So yeah, you. I think you're going to be looking at a positive record. Probably gonna need thirteen. Well, with that log jam, yeah, that right. buy will uh, that draw will either get me well, in. Or saying last week yeah. for someone like Newcastle, I think they deserved that point in that game. I know people go, well, they didn't win it. I might get that, but a draw at the end of that game is a fitting result to 100%. me because that's the difference between that log jam we used to have, where yeah. four and against come down to it, or a head-to-head record, or last round you're like, we need to win or we need to lose by ten points or twenty points. Definitely. A draw for somebody could be all right. Early in the year, when you come up against the fucking back-to-back premiers. And jag that one point with that get that got you into the eight. Right. You know, that makes sense to me. But anyway, big thanks to Penrith Solar Center. Remember, go see Jake and the crew there if you want quality solar solutions. Let's review these games from the weekend. Sharks, Cowboys, uh, there's not a whole lot to review, all honesty. It was forty-four to six. Probably the biggest positive I take from this, and we've talked about this the last few weeks. The Sharks just hadn't quite played 80 or been ruthless throughout a game. And I'm going to say a lot of this is, again, on the Cowboys, but given the occasion, playing for the Paul Green medal, having his family there, I thought both sides were going to be pretty amped up. Um, And unfortunately, the Cowboys had a big effort last week, and I was hoping to see it again this week, and they did not show up. They got blown off the park. They were very handsy. They got busted open. The fact that the game started the way it did where... I think it basically was try first set from memory. Yeah, it was. Went down that left-hand side off an error. It was a penalty, yeah. Or an scrum error. play and then just... That's Nick, right, yeah. Nico skips across, gets Chad, between. Chad Townsend just sat there. And then, yeah, Nico got across and just tipped on to Talakai. Mm. Two sin bins along the way. The way they carved them up, just... Yeah, it's... All, all the things we talked about, the Cowboys, and I'm still sticking by the fact, again, they are missing some troops and they didn't really have that last year, but... Even when they were short of troops last year, all the free things were there. Kick chase, line speed, play one, two, they ramped up. They were just doing all the hard stuff, all the things that anyone can do if they want to. And a lot of that's not there this year. And I'm glad we spoke about that in the season preview because we preempted that for these two teams in particular because they were the, they were the two last year. Yeah, the runaway really that no surprised one expected. Us, particularly the Cowboys. And I mean, they are giving me everything I thought I would see out of them last year, this year. And they gave me everything I thought I'd see out of them probably this year, last year. Mm. It's incredible, right? But they just, they're in a funk. And, it, and it's going to get worse, though, because mm. Nenai makes Injuries, a lazy effort and gets suspended for four weeks. Chad's yeah. not playing well, then gets hurt. I don't know what quite the extent is yet. And then the guy that could replace Chad and play fullback and half is Tom Chester, who has a big future. Injured. Swings around in a tackle and has the most innocuous ACL tear and is now out for the season. So Why did he do his ACL? He shredded his ACL oh on that landing. I looked at that video a million times and I was like, where? I know, me too. I was so like, okay. this is a kid who's super talented, come through, played half, 
fullback. Like, they didn't know what to do with him so much so that that's why they tried to turn him into a fullback because that's yeah. obviously one of your most key positions. But you now lost him on top of what I've been talking about for weeks, that their forward pack in particular is the thing that keeps seeming to have holes in it. And at the moment, we know there's no Tamalolo. The Luciano situation's not resolved. Lukey's injured. Neem's injured. Like, it's one thing there. Now Chuck Nanai on top of it after already having missed Cotter and McLean for points in time as well as Tulagi. This year is not looking positive for the Cowboys at all. And any time they get a little glimmer of hope, like last week where you think you just saw a little bit of the 2022 version, they turn up, get blown off the park here, very handsy, very poor effort and attitude, and then they've got a couple more injuries and a suspension on top of it just to add to their woes. Yeah. Um, and even more critical, I guess, is the draw and heading into Origin where they're still going to lose a couple of players. They come into a Roosters side, I think it is this week, who have definitely come up with a positive result the week before, got some troops back on board, short turnaround last week, tough and gritty and absolutely terrible conditions after losing Jared late and a couple of injuries during the game. Uh, I don't think they're going to get anything for free this week, the Cowboys, that's for sure. No, And so, you know what? People smell a little bit of blood in the water with them as well. 100%. And like I said, that, that sort of double whammy on the weekend was just a real shot when you're down because I thought once Chad went off, okay, maybe next week they might give Chester a crack in the halves where he used to play. But now I'm like, oh, well... I haven't really looked at their cup sides. I don't know if Hampton or one of these guys who's sort of a plug-in is the option, but then you've got to move deep into seven. That pack's still a lot on. Like, it's just, it's really getting ugly. Yeah. Um, but full credit to the Sharkies. They were great. Again, when you're watching with that ball movement and swinging side to side and the way they got upfield, it's probably a sadder one for me. Like, they've had a bit of a hole in their middle. And I think Ueli really stepped up when they've lost a couple. And now he looks like he's going to miss time from that. Tackle, I think they said today, grade two, possibly of an MCL. So it could be three to six weeks. And I thought what Todd Payton said was ridiculous. Oh, he's blind if that. That one is the prime example of what we talked Absolutely about. Under ridiculous. fatigue, where you just make a lazy shit effort so, to tackle. Like, okay. He barely even tried to get him to the ground before he lost his legs, Such and he's a just chopped him. Emotional and biased comment. I thought it was ridiculous. But that one, yeah, it's lucky it doesn't turn out to be anything worse, but he's still going to miss time. So the fact he's ended up with a month and Ueli might miss a similar amount of time himself. He deserves it. You know, um, sort of works out that way, doesn't it? But 100%. The fact they've got him missing, Rudolph missing, uh, I think they get Dale maybe back this week, who they're going to need. But yeah, they've just sort of got a bit of a hole going on with their middles. And Nakora copped the knee knock. I think hopefully it's just some bruising. But yeah, they certainly uh, don't want to lose any more middle stocks. But overall for them, like we said, positive result. Um, finally sort of relentless, racked up a good score. Probably left a few tries on the table, but yeah, Nico was great again. Bounced across the field, played both sides as he does. Plenty from their back five, as you always expect. And, you know, like the Talakai work, the couple of sets of hands he showed, that one where he tapped on where he basically didn't look was outstanding. Yeah. Um, Teague Wilton, I really, really like. I know he's still on the market, but I'm, I think for him, them and the situation they're building where they're locking in a lot of their squad and sort of taking that South model where if you've got a good young group and you've got guys that are growing together, if everybody takes a little haircut here and there, nothing significant, you're opening yourself up to a window for the next three or four years. Definitely. Um, it looks that way for them with most of them re-signed right now. I think he's one of the last ones they've sort of got off, who I'm sure he'll end up staying. Yeah. But if I was on the market for a back row, I'd certainly look at Teague Wilton. Definitely. Really good player. <laughs> um, even Broly this year, I sort of, wouldn't say I raised my eyebrows last year, but the extension they gave him, and he was the first one to get a really long extension. I know they wouldn't have spent crazy money. It would have been good money. But it was a real big sign that they had belief in him. And I think his football this year and what he's contributing out of nine has certainly gotten better as well. 
So overall, uh, probably something I've just been waiting for. This sort of been yo-yoing. We saw it last week. Should have probably killed that game off. Probably should have kicked on in a few other games. You saw the Warriors capitulation. That was sort of the first time that they've just lifted and lifted and lifted. And a couple of bins helped, but also good teams in those moments take advantage. And when they got those bin periods, and even prior to that, they'd already racked up 26. 100%. So good building block for them. And heading into the Dolphins this week, who have had a lot of tough games, and like we said, some injuries and things to work with. I think they probably really want to knock off this next two before Origin. Because if they do... They're putting themselves in a really good position again to be in top four, which is what we sort of talked about pre-season. Um, and yeah, Nico might be one of the only ones who's really considered or brought into the fold. So they're going to probably be in a good position squad-wise during Origin as well. That is true. Um, which is the one thing we've addressed in that off-season as well. But we move on from that one. Uh, Cowboys, obviously, a lot to think about. Find some troops, come up with some things. I really only thought a couple of guys, like Tommy did, Norris tries hard, Drinky had some moments, but no forwards over 100 metres and... The effort and energy all around was just poor. Eels Newcastle, pretty similar, I thought. Forty three to twelve. Sixty one misses, twenty five ineffective tackles, conceded thirteen line breaks, made fourteen errors. I don't know what else I need to say. You don't need to say uh, anything else. <laughs> and I tell you what, I know there's been an argument that Pong has done it before in Origin and after all the head knocks, this, that and the other, but man, the way he's playing right now, I don't I don't know if I'd have confidence to throw him in. Like I know he's done it before, but off the back of the knocks, and I know playing at one's different to playing in the front line, but like, yeah, that's the other thing we saw again the other night. We talked only a few weeks ago that hopefully him coming back in doesn't change anything about their effort, their energy defensively. I'm not blaming it at all on him, but he was very poor defensively. Some of those decisions weren't directly on him. Some were inside, outside, and isolated him more, but yeah, I don't know. Even watching the Brisbane game, I know Walsh, wasn't as impactful without the forwards going forward and them not being as dominant as what they have been. But he's still come up with a couple of tri-savers. He was still bouncing around the field. At this moment in time, I, I think Billy Slater probably does have a bit of a question mark on what he might do with his fullback. Hmm. I know they do usually like to stick loyal, but I'd certainly be keeping a close eye on Pong in the next few weeks if I'm him. Yeah, no argument, mate. Um, no I've, argument. Newcastle, I think I'm more disappointed with this because I just didn't see it coming. They've really turned up for a month or so and it's all been based off effort and energy and all the small stuff and they've gone forward they've scrambled they've defended their goal line but they were just absolute fucking paper masher to concede 13 line breaks and to the sadder part probably here more on Parra's side of things re-watching it I think Parra bombed another 6 or 7 tries that's how many opportunities they had so the fact that it was only 43-12 I think Newcastle can count themselves lucky I reckon it could have been 60 60 yeah. plus um, but probably their one upside you know, for power, it probably shows how bad things were. They only completed in the 60s, and they come up with 43 <clears> points. <throat> yeah. So they weren't clinical either. But the best thing here is, I think, as that video goes, uh, with the old, I think I got my swagger back. Oh! <laughs> Their halves were running again, which was good to see. They combined. They almost racked up 200 metres between them. There was plenty of offloads playing that sort of football. We've come more accustomed with them. Hop good. Obviously relished the fact after a real red-hot start and a few guys come back in, going back to the bench, that starting position. His offloads in contact remind me. Remember Parker, Corey Parker at the back end when he used to just get guys in and you'd have two or three and you'd think a play was gone and that ball would just come late? Yep. The two tries come very similar. I've really got to pay some credit to Carl. Like I'm not saying because the other night was his best game. Just him this year, watching him every week. It's more bothering me that we didn't see this earlier. Because it sort of feels like it's a career that should have been a lot more. But I'm looking at me and going, man, he's just running hard and doing all the simple things I wish he would have done 10 years ago. Yeah. 
and when he had fresher legs and no injuries and no problems when we we're talking about his rep player, like just sort of seems unfortunate that he's sort of doing the the little things now that would have made him probably, you know, a perennial talent for ten years. But I thought all the guys that come in did a good job. I thought RCG and Madison pulling out late, you know, would have went in Newcastle's favour, but that wasn't the case. Not the case at all. Hopgood, Brown, Gufferson, Moses, Makatoa got a first, like, sort of really good stint in first grade and racked up under 90. William McGregor did a solid job, like, all around. Um, I think there was a good confidence build. Lane gets another game under his belt. Starting to find he's probably got a little bit more trust in his forwards. And Russell being introduced in their back line certainly solidified a spot they had there. And a little bit of mistrust in Wonga Blake. So... I think if you're Brad Arthur, you take the four and against, you take the win and you take the positives. Yep, definitely. So, uh, Newcastle, though, I don't know what, what you'd think after that if you're O'Brien. I didn't listen to his press conference, so I would have been interested to listen to it, but I would have been scratching my head because I'm sure he didn't see that coming either Absolutely. after what they've dished up no. the last month. But um, good in yardage again, a lot. Marju, Gagai, attack-wise was good. Defensively was poor. A couple of guys tried hard, but... Yeah, certainly, certainly wasn't what I was expecting. I thought this was going to be a close game of football. 100%. So, moving on from that one, South Broncos. No Haas, no Mam. 100% I, I get their big outs, but I I got what I wanted from South. They have the sin bin early from Murray, which to be honest, I thought his line was for the ball, but I, I can understand also looking at a replay where you're like, okay, he's made contact. But I, I didn't think it was a guarantee when he, he was going to score or guarantee that you know that was his intent but you could see his line was to the ball but yeah I can also say for the referee it's a bit of a hard one but biggest thing for them looking at that was they defend their way through that period and they score a try yeah they knuckle down and do something we probably haven't seen much from before hold their composure Ilias I thought I had a really really good game smart little kick comes in behind for Campbell Graham during the bin period uh, obviously, I know they got one back there with Reynolds, who was really good probably the first 20 minutes at just shifting him around and finding space with his passing. They'll play an edge to edge and trying to move South and get him on the back foot. And felt like probably the first half they had the, the better of it for 30 minutes, and South just scrambled and refused to break. Whereas in the past, we talked about this other week in that Dolphins game, if you pinned him, turn around and yardage, put him on the back foot and applied pressure and didn't let him play football, they would generally fold, get frustrated, or get a bit niggly. Um, I thought this was the perfect example again where they saw through that hard period and then their bench middles were outstanding. Like Tom was great. I thought Tatola was good. Arrow, all those middles really did a good job. But to get that try uh, that they did at the back end of the half, I think, was that the challenge try in the first half I'm thinking about? Which one? They had Cookie, I think, with only like five left, throw that offload and he challenged it. It turns out to be a cracker because it is an offload knock down six again for them. They pack a scrum. They do the trick play where they load it up their left-hand side oh, with went Walker, the other way and went with the short pass. And they've done that <clears> short inside-outside <throat> line. Brown. And he just crashed Jock Madden and went in. And that really felt like, not only did they score during the bin and even though they conceded one, they'd got through a tough period where they're on the back foot, seen themselves up there, rip a challenge, good trick play, and it sort of just fired that bullet to really juice them up yeah. on the way in. So they go in at 12-6. Come out, Campbell Graham again has a real positive play. The one that Latrell gets to swoop on, he he's the man in the contest that gets that football down. Herbie gets binned mid-set. 
for that trip that was missed. Uh, I still find it weird that it takes them that long to go backwards, but yeah, that turns out to be a critical blow when they're already down two tries and South are getting it did on take top. Them. How, how many tackles? Three or four tackles? Oh, I think it was literally yeah, like almost mm. like I said the next set they they bomb a couple. Then AJ's going into the corner and gets cleaned up by Walsh. Latrell then comes up with like the netball NBA style push pass for Campbell Graham to throw back inside and. Um, from there, it just they're in full control. It's twenty-two points. Cook gets denied two more times. Campbell that that other play with Campbell Graham and Cody Walker, I absolutely loved. But Ilias done a really good job all night holding up space. But it looked like he was running that sweep line, and he just takes the sweep last minute and comes back into that hole. Yeah, I don't know. Again, watching, I just kept trying to question myself: Is that a plan move? Is that not a plan move? It looked certainly looked like it was, but they did a hell of a job selling it because. Mm. Almost has that crossover, and then he just straightens up and pushes back in that space for him to dump it off for him. And um, I thought Seas were great, and I think the scary part pretty, here, they were pretty ruthless as well. Hmm. But to see them defend for long periods and get into that sort of role and just play, I felt like they had a point to prove. You know, it was, and I know everyone's saying afterwards, well, Haas is their best middle. Man makes a hell of a difference. I'm like, yeah, well, I think on their side, if you want to make an argument, they've been missing guys for multiple weeks from their middle, and I would have liked to see Kalama Tungi in this team as well, like. I'm not comparing a middle, an edge, and a half, but if you want to talk about play, like a real quality player is missing, they're still missing a hell of a player in Kalama Tungi. Definitely. Um, yeah, it certainly makes a difference to their side, but I thought Carrigan certainly did his part. I think he really tried early to link up with Reynolds and play, like we said, edge to edge and almost play more of a yo-style role, and it sort of worked for him, but they couldn't bank points off the back of it. Uh, that other contributors, Herbie, besides that bin, was really, really good. Certainly very, very busy, racked up. Walsh, why not? Probably on the front foot with his attacking football because they weren't on the front foot. Come up with a few good moments, a couple of try savers. Things probably could have been a bit uglier. And uh, on the flip side, like I said, I just, it ticked a lot of boxes for me. It wasn't a possession night, a territory night, a positive, like the CRSV talk of old, where if they get all those things and it stops that, they love it. They were really. Relentless, ruthless, and they held on and they absorbed and they absorbed. And then when they got on the front foot, they just fucking kicked the front door and they kept going there. Yeah. And a lot of those tries... They did, mate. No doubt. They were ruthless. Were off effort areas. Things that we don't associate. It's always flash and it's left-hand side. They've now got the right-hand side. They've got the left-hand side. Their middle with Tola healthy, which we've been asking just to let him recover because obviously they brought him back twice and he's injured. Yeah. He was awesome. Tom was awesome. Arrow was really good. Cookie's even starting to play better football. You know, very unlucky not to bag one of the two tries that he got, but um, just little things again watching it where I just, when you've seen Elias get more confident and take more of the ball as well, there's just a lot of direction, a lot of kicking stuff, just some of the setup play. That's a real positive because if that's happening, just like Reynolds used to do and you don't really recognize it, that just frees up Walker, frees up the trail, and the fact they're becoming double sided rather than just left side heavy. Yeah. If you add to your middle, which we're seeing with Totola back healthy and if they can get a Knight or a Havili later and they're just someone to sort of punch into that rotation for him and juice it up a little bit mm-hmm. like a Sally we've seen push forward as well that's the only real questionable area I've had especially the last few years I said it every time when they get the finals I don't know about their middles I don't know about their middles they're going to have to find something internally but they're starting to tick more and more boxes they're not a one-sided team they look like their half spot's getting filled nicely Campbell Graham peak form of career Kalama Tungy before injury peak form of the career they've got a lot of things starting to come together nicely off of what we're talking about a couple of years, keeping the same side together and building and building and building. And 
yeah, this could have been a different game with Haas and Mam. I don't know, but it also again could have been another positive. I think it definitely would have been. Def- mm. Definitely would have been. But the fact of the matter is, is they they weren't there, mm. and South took full advantage of that. Yeah. So I, look for Brisbane. I I was encouraged by what I saw. I I feel like South wanted to flex a little and say, listen, like you might have beaten up on a couple of other teams, but yeah, get it real. Like we've beaten Penrith. We feel as though we're the we're the number one team, mm. and we're we're going to come up at home prime time footy, and we're going to bash you up a little. And I, I felt like they intimidated them. They played faster than them, and they like you said, they just jumped on everything. They were all over there, all those little areas. But Payne Haas will have something to say about that. Man will definitely have something to say about that. And the key for Brisbane is not to beat them now. Brisbane yeah. only need to beat Seas once at the end of the year. They only need to beat Penrith once at the end of the year. They just need to put themselves in a position over the next three months, four months, to build and go past them at that point of the year. Or the start ne- of- You can never really expect them to be... They, they might jag one here and there. Like they, they jag round one against Penrith. Okay, yeah. cool. But, you know, everyone sort of... You know what it's like come the end of the year when that weather gets a little bit warmer and, you know, you lose, you're gone. That, that's when they've got to be able to throw punches with mm. South and Penrith and the Roosters and the Storm and they, these sort of teams. Yeah. And they're not there yet, Brisbane. They're not there yet. But they can be. 100%. And they've just got to keep building their building their game. They've got enough talent there, no doubt. They've just got to build that experience and they've got to get a little bit more grit and grind in their game, I feel. Yeah. And we've talked about the last few weeks. A few times they've got into a bit of an arm wrestle. You sort of felt they're there to be had. But with the Dragons, they blew them off the park. With your mob, they blew them off the park. The few teams, when it got into an open period and it all was one-way traffic, they just absolutely obliterated them. Mm. And they light them up in a 10 or 15-minute period. But you're not going to get that, like you said, back end against the Storm, the Panthers, these sort of teams. So yeah. I think the most important thing here as well for them is they've banked wins early. Yeah. They need to bank a few more before Origin because that's going to hit. And then you just want to be in a position to make sure you land in the finals. But for them, I think with the way they've started and the way their squad is, you'd be disappointed if they weren't top four. Yeah, and for them that should be the goal to yeah, give themselves definitely. that little bit of security. Given what happened last year, where they just absolutely fell away, and I think it was one of their last eight or something like that. There's no way they should have missed, but that can't happen this year. Yeah. So, uh, you move on. Hundred percent, man. Yeah, move on from that one. Uh, I think, like I said, it, it'll be another story once they get some players back, and they've got Manly this week after what has been a bit of a week for them. So, depending on Turbo and what's going on and, and health situation. I think it's a, it's another week where for them, magic round, everyone there, things ramped up. They've got a primetime game. They should want to have a big response to bounce back mm-hmm. with Haas and Man back from suspension in particular. So see what happens with the Broncos. Raiders, Dolphins, my God, what a, what a yo-yo of a fair this was. I uh, was certainly blown, blown away once I got to watch it after I got home for work. I must say, probably the one thing that kills it has got Canberra. Canberra retained that I just would never bet 13-plus on, let alone it's hard enough to back them head-to-head. Because there's a lot of games where you look at it and go, they should go on with this, and they don't. Mm. And I thought this is one where, full credit to the Dolphins, they fought back, they bounced back, they never go away, and we've seen that all year, but I think Canberra were probably their own worst enemy somewhat in this one. Some mm. of the misses were very simple. One for Whitehead with Lamuelu, the turnaround, the rap play on the line, where again, they're all drifting sideways on their line where you need to be coming forward, square hips and... Just turn a man under to crash over. The Aiken one off the back foot where they're all still retreating or they're holding on their goal. There's just a few ones there that are easy solves for me. 
And I don't mean easy as in... There are, there are a few inside shoulders. It's a guaranteed sure. stop, but there's some real simple, shitty tries. And it happened the other way too for the Dolphins. But they kicked away a few times by 12 and that and thought like, okay, they might go on with this and they need to close it out. And you give the Dolphins a sniff and look what happened. It took the golden point to put them to bed. And that, that's what they've been this year. They're fucking Frankenstein, the Dolphins. Yeah. They just don't go away. 100%. Um, but yeah, sort of looked at Canberra and thought the real positive start, gone bang, bang, bang. They've punched him in the face a couple of times early. Jack's got involved, real positive. They've rolled down the field. They've offloaded multiple times. They've gone sideline to sideline and scored for Jared Croker. They've then backed that up not long after, scoring, you know, from that long pass to a tip-tip and crashed in. Before you know it, I'm saying, all right, we're going to get all that, what we talked about last week. The negativity's done. The situation's out. Everyone's carrying a bit of heat and emotion, and they're going to go fucking just go the absolutely punching bag and the country trip here to Wagga Wagga this week and get it all out. Mm. And there was glimpses of it, but I think it's still probably the same reason why I'm saying I don't think they're a team that I could see winning a comp. Or if they make the finals, I don't know if they'll go past the week too because defensively, there's still too much of this in Canberra where it's just simple misses. Again, small at, things that can be solved. At the moment, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And how that That's develops the across the year, different story. But in particular... For a guy like Whitehead who got picked up on a couple of those moments and Tootsie got picked up on the one where I think a ball went to ground. Branko literally does the old double pump and it's Hamiso who does a good job to sweep around and create a number, but just stopping or non-positive movements, not going forward, not hip square, not closing things down, just a few little moments catch Cambria. Mm. I think there was a lot of positives in attack. Probably the one thing I really loved in attack was to see a bit more variety from Tarpane. Tarpane was involved in some short passing a couple of times. One that led to a try, another that led to a line break that led to a try to go along with what already is probably the best footwork on the middle in the game. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And offload and a hell of a carry. So if he's getting more involved in that side of things and putting that in his kit bag, um, again, it's been a rough start there. I don't think he's had a lot of support, but other players are getting better. Thought Horsberg was good again. Papaletti's building up. But if those guys do their job and he gets a bit more freedom and has that part of his game also, that's another element that they sorely need, I think, at the moment. Definitely. Uh, and a positive for Fogarty that he gets a try late after I think he let in a pretty soft one himself. And the field goal miss, he ends up getting to ice the game. I think they said that was his first career field goal. Yeah, well. So... I'm sure they would have been Devo if they led the way they did not play the way they did not lose that game, Wagga. Oh, 100%. After and the looked, week. It was to and froing there for a long while. Mm, after the week they've had. But going to say it again, I, I think Marshall King, what a quality signing he's been. Mm. Some of the shape down on the goal line and play at a dummy half that he had to get on the weekend was outstanding. Yeah, A few times there where he just sort of shows open, cuts across. He's just got nice deception. He's, yeah, he does. He's got quality. And it's almost like we sort of talked about Sony there the other week where he's got that movement, but his eyes and hips and all that are always forward with the way he gets out. So you can't just slide off or he's not really selling to you what he's going to do. 
Um, but I thought he had some real nice moments at dummy half. Thought Katoa, um, again, had a couple of nice moments. And Cody, no surprise. He's always sort of been another one of those guys that's been around Wayne. I think he's done a good job for him for the few weeks they've called on him. He has. He, he always He's played his best footy underway. Mm. Definitely. No doubt about that. And I think I can understand why they got Lemuelu, and now I can understand why they've extended him. He's got a little bit to work on defensively, and he's still a bit raw. But mm. what he delivers in attack, his mobility, size, his power... There's a lot of positives there for them with him. You're going to have to just work through some of the defensive stuff. I've seen some poor reads or some bad misses, but I see a lot of upside for a guy who hasn't been given much of a sniff at the few clubs he's been at. So yeah. I can understand from where they're at, money-wise, years-wise, and building forward, why they've decided to invest him in for a few more years. Yeah, uh, He had a very, very good game as well. So, uh, yeah, they're, they're just the little engine that could, like we said before. There's a lot of guys there punching above their weight, that's for sure. Aitken, certainly another one that I've seen flat around for a few years. I thought it was a good football. He's playing some good football. Branko got injured, but I think he's been good to start the year. Um, I think I'm, I'm actually wondering when we might see that powerhouse from Union. They got Tafaro, Valance. Because I think Branko got injured on the weekend. And Rob Jennings, unfortunately. He played centers on the weekend in Queensland Cup. I was having a look at the list today, actually. Mm. Well, Branko is apparently injured and centers his position. I don't mm. think I'm going to pick him on the wing. Yep. Um, so I don't know if he gets a look in this week or not, but I'll be I'll be interested to see if they give him a run at some point. I think Wayne will. Yeah. But overall, yeah, I think we've just learned a lesson for anyone for the Dolphins this year. If you're going to play them, you better play for 80. 100%. Because if you don't, like we said, they'll do all the small stuff, all the, the free things. Men. They're going to keep coming. And they just do not go away. But uh, for Canberra, I think just a good exercising of the Demons. Good week for Jack. Played really well. Like we said, before, I thought both of them spoke well about the situation after they the did. game and it showed was, that they cared. It was unreal. Um, Chris has done a good job for him at the back. Horsberg, Rapana again. But, uh, yeah, this probably sums the Dolphins up here. Canberra had 60% of the possession. That 840 post-contact metres compared to 400. So, even in that sort of category. Hmm. Huge. 24 offloads to two. Like they had everything basically like in a set they were averaging 50 metres a set the Dolphins 37 so you look at all that and go this is a fucking smash up yeah. but they just do not go away they were relentless and they were resilient the Dolphins and we wondered sort of what we were going to get like we talked about before they're essentially the liquid man for the Terminator there's nothing pretty about them but they don't fucking go away 100% so um, interested to see again more signing stuff across the year or some more development and then I'm, I've tried to similar to you look at their Jersey flag team or their 18s team, I think, one and their cup team just to see what else they've got coming through because there's going to be a bit of a roll through and we know that Flagler's going, we know Farmworth's going, so you're sprinkling a few more players. Uh, I'd love to see where they're going to be in 18 months' time. 100%. Real positive start. Your mob, the Titans, you're back. Hmm. Got Manly, 26 to 10. And Turbo was out. KO got an opportunity to play at one. Uh, first 10 minutes, I was a little bit worried. It just felt like it was all manly, but you guys actually held up pretty well on the goal line. Defended well, pretty well, and uh, they only had to settle for a penalty goal. Keep saying that, hey. Just once they get their defense sorted, they're going to be a really hard team to beat. Mm. And then again, as soon as you get a chance to go on the tack, you do, and that, that nice shape again. It's they never going to be an issue, is it? No, nah, they went long, two sort of short passes, and Cooper Johns ends up having to break up that AJ pass. And The left-hand side this year has been great. Went four-ins there playing with Fafita and what they've got there with Khan Prayer out there again. And I said it again last week, and I'm going to keep saying it. I have to give a rap to Dave Fafita because Dave Fafita is doing exactly what I carried on about a couple of years ago for his paycheck. And I wasn't demanding 
He doesn't have to score fucking three tries. He doesn't have to do those special plays. But for the money he was on, I mean, you pay that sort of shit, you got to be top three every week. you got to have 15, 20 touches, and you got to just be tough and quality and busting your ass like Tino does. He's doing that now. Yeah. I don't think I've seen a game yet this year where he's been less than, say, 15 carry, 150 metres, plenty of touches, and he's now got a pass in his game as well. Absolutely. Like, not just stupid offload on the ground or pre-long. Like, he is creating for them, and he's weaponing more than, than what he does with the ball than just running the ball. Foran certainly polished him up a little bit in the way he runs or utilises him. Mm-hmm. But I think there's no coincidence that we probably haven't seen as many tries from him, but I'd love to go back if you could and use that system you could at clubs where it's just Dave Fafita, like, you know, probably plays inside the 20 and the way they've used him and how many setups he's had where he's tipped it on, throwing a long pass, throwing an offload or being used as a decoy. Mm-hmm. And he did it again on the weekend. The shot he took to set up that try for Khan Pereira was a perler. And then he showed the other Dave that I talked about before, which is the one that gave you that little glimpse where he just underrates it and carries four people in from dummy half as well and gets his first try of the year. But yeah, yeah. when he did that, I laughed. I'm like, there's the yeah. Dave I've come to know and love. Dave. Just picks it up from dummy half and goes St. Mary's under eights and drags yeah. four blokes over the try line. 100%. But he, to me, now is at the point of where I, when he played Origin, they picked him like everyone does off the flash and the brilliance and he's going to be this and that and the other. If there was ever a time that he deserved to play rep football, it's with the way he's playing footy right now. Yeah, definitely. Um doing all the things that you would expect of the price tag that he had previously. And I don't know whether he's just feeling a little bit more settled now or more confident. Like the foreign thing certainly helps, but yeah, I, I, what what he's doing right now, I don't think you could ask much more. And again, every week it feels nice to now not just say it's just Tino. He was there with him. Fozzie was good. He was limping after the game, unfortunately. So hopefully there's nothing major there. Mo, I keep saying it's back into that origin form as well. He chalked up another 200-plus and was just absolutely motoring. And Semi. Semi's been a good player for a long time, uh, but there's sort of been some peaks and troughs, but he's been really consistent this year. And it's yeah. very handy to have a guy like Jaden Campbell there when AJ Brimson blows his hammy and comes in and does what he does. That's so. the thing, isn't it, at the moment? It's like, well, we've got yeah. probably one too many key position players, it, but it's gonna keep hurt. getting an injury. You're going to lose one at some point, though. That's the problem. Yeah, yeah. the challenge is going to be... Keeping the right one, isn't it? And it's the same as the halves thing we talk about. They've gone yeah. with Tanner. They had Sexton. We don't know about Sexton. You've got Thomas Weaver, who's another Australian schoolboy half they've got coming through. Like in the next two or three years, when foreign goes, mm. they're going to have to make some sort of executive decision on what they're doing. Because it's nice to have a pool, but you need to pick the right one before you let somebody go. Because there's nothing worse than going, fuck, we got that wrong, and then seeing someone go elsewhere and succeed. Yeah. It's one thing to do the Penrith <laughs> thing where people look around and go, well, look at this guy. He's from Penrith. And he's from Penrith, but it's like, that's okay because they've got Cleary and they've got Yo and they've got this guy. That's why those guys had to move on like a hop good because yeah. that's settled. The other way around is exactly what we're saying. You fucking get the wrong one and you look at someone else go kick goals or succeed elsewhere, which is not always a case of sometimes it's symptomatic of the club they go to, yeah. but you just don't want to make the wrong decision. So, um, yeah, much better defensive ever from them. Pretty good uh, in terms of their attacking stand for the night. Your left-hand side, like we said, is the real positive, though. Um, for Manly, I thought it was sort of a weird night. It was just flat. It just felt really flat. And the sort of moment, I guess, they had a little bit of spark was that first 10, and then they got another little bit of a NOS injection when Cherry Evans comes up with that 40-20, then lays on a nice try, and you felt maybe they had a little bit of hope there, but uh, that all sort of disappeared once that kick was taken by Sammy, and he hits the deck and gets up again for the second go, and... 
Then they get a penalty goal not long after to get it to 22 to 10. And then the last try was just weird. There was three in. Jake gets a one-on-one for the strip. And there's three guys on the ground. And Jaden, as we know, is just such a freak and such a natural talent. He swoops on that. And before you know it, he's run 60 metres upfield and passed to Cleese Haas. Mm. He just got on the field, basically. Yeah. So, nice way to score your first in a row try. Absolutely yeah, gift. You're not wrong. But, yeah, it's things like this that frustrate you because you look at, like, like we talked about last week, lead 26-zip, but then in a game like this, they do get down and dirty a little bit and show the other side of it, which, you know, at times is just absolutely non-existent. Yeah. For Manly, uh, yeah, tough night. Like I said, Jake didn't play. Toff gets, I think he's getting a three-week suspension for the crusher. Um, they lost Parker the week before, still missing Cooler, so the outside back situation still one that they're dealing with. And then I guess with Tom there again out, it makes it awkward. They got two Pelotu back, which is a positive. Uh, and then this whole situation around the halves, I guess, and now Schuster. So, bit of just been a weird few weeks. Has been bit yeah. of stability, and maybe getting one or two of those OBs back would be nice. I think for the time being, but mm. I'm more interested to see if Tom plays this week. That's probably the main one that everyone's interested in. And again, if he's not healthy, I wouldn't send him to Brisbane. Because much like the Schuster no, situation, no. I just think there's a lot of football still to be played. Heaps. Um, and if they have to cop it for a week or two, being a little bit lean on, I'd rather that and get those two or three back. Cause yeah, they're, they're in a good position. Same deal as when we picked our eight. For me, like I said, Tommy's a major thing, but depth is an issue too. So I certainly wouldn't be pushing my luck if I have a couple of guys under clouds with the spot they're in right now. Yeah, I agree. Because cop one or two now to be healthy for a couple of weeks' time. And then Origin, you, you know, DC's going in, probably Jake. Tom in his current state, I don't know, but mm. I don't think there'd be anything worse than pushing your luck, injuring a couple of guys and losing two or three to origin. That could end up being a real lean run, I think, yeah, if uh, things get get a bit ugly. But Titans bounce back, Manly four and four. Um, yeah, they're in a bit of a weird weird spot at the moment. Tigers-Panthers, I don't know what it was. My, one of my best mates during the week, <laughs> wearing one of the the bet mates group, and he was out of it. He's like, we get on the Tigers at seven bucks. We're getting on. They're going to win. It's going to happen. Of all the bets we've had, I was just like, no, nah, we shan't be doing that. Mm. And then there was a bit of mail around that Cleary and a couple of guys might be out, and then the odds sort of short to 656 bucks. I was like, you know what? I said, if you want to take the start, because they gave him so much start, I said, we can get 10 and a half or 12 and a half, three bucks. Why don't we just do that? Mm-hmm. In the end, we just decided against it all together, and they ended up winning. But It's always a way. In monsoonal conditions, uh, I just have to pay them their credit. I thought they did. They've been in a lot of games this year. I know everyone's saying, oh, they've only led for 18 minutes. That's all really good. But they haven't been blowing out really in many games. They've been in plenty of games, and they've had all the things we've talked about that everyone's carried on about. Most meters, most offloads, this, that, and the other. And we've summarized it multiple times by saying the two things they don't do there is well between the 20s. They don't defend well on their own 20, and they haven't been able to attack well when they're attacking the opposition's 20. But in this game... Given the circumstances, like we said, circle on the wagons, getting into Bathurst, monsoon weather, really awkward conditions where probably everyone's against you. I thought they just played perfectly to what was going on. Yeah. When Luke Brooks knocks a 40 20 over straight away and you defend well and you play through your middles, which is the best part of their team, and play off Arpy, who was a real feature piece in this game, and I don't think got enough credit and just keep turning them around. They come up with repeat sets. Dylan Edwards just sliding here, there, and everywhere all night, knocking balls dead and covering things up. Um, and then you've got Penrith who roll in. They lose Lenny before kickoff. They lost Eisenhuth 15 in. There's no Fisher-Harris, as we know. So they're already pretty light on the middles. 
they just did all the simple things right. I think they finished the night complete 90% plus. Yeah. Brooks has his best night kicking, kicks a second 40-20, which leads to the next try in the second half where I think they, they pretty much still had numbers, but in the wet, it's hard to turn around. And Turuva just gets caught a slight bit in for an off the limit to get around the outside of him, but you know it's enough to defend their way to a win. Yeah. And I guess the best part of it is, again, a night like that against a team like Penrith, very, very easy for them to shut up shop or concede. But, you know, Buller's tackle on Cleary when he makes that line back to pop the ball out. Or I think there's one on Taruva. There's a situation there where he goes close. There's the bombs and the pressure that was put on in the conditions, which is really, really tough. And it's always hard to bank points. They, they at least showed a bit of courage mm-hmm. and a bit of steel. And if I'm really happy for anyone, I'm, I'm happy for Luke Brooks. Yeah. That, that it happened against Penrith so, and he yeah. played the way he did because I know many people have said it before. I, I still... Um, he's, he's never, ever been clear of the blame for me, but I think he's one of these guys that's just stayed at the wrong place for too long mm. and he should have left a few years ago. But I still think there's a decent football there. Yeah. Um, but to see him play the sort of game he played the other night and watch them, again, let Arpy be more a focal point in the middle mm. and play the way they did in the conditions, happy for Tigers fans as well because mm. it's a fucking horrible feeling when you see your club in upheaval every 12 to 18 months going through stuff like this and you have all this positivity in the off-season and you start 0-8. So to get that win, hopefully from here, it's a bit of a building block of confidence. And I guess we'll see this week up against the Dragons who dropped the game to the Bulldogs and are probably definitely a side that the Tigers should be looking to be able to beat. 100%. But for Penrith, what did you take from this? Well, like, I know. Oh, flat. Tigers, I thought what you said spot on. They just, it's been coming. Mm. They, they, you know, they probably should have, could have beaten the Eels on Easter Monday. Well, here's, Manly, they fumbled and bumbled and got rolled by a kick. Here's one for you. <clears throat> and I said this also to my Tigers friend, mate, today. I, I'm of the opinion that if Hastings is still playing for him round one against the Tigers in the situation they're in, they would have won Newcastle. And I think if he's playing... In some of these games where they've had a Wakeham, a Dewey, and shuffled their spine a few times, where maybe they just need somebody yeah, I don't know about that. to kick and control and take a little bit of pressure off Brooks a little bit more. I see your point. I just think that Hastings was a positive for him, but they didn't want him because he had actually was honest. And if there's one thing that club probably yeah. needs a little bit more of, I think they need more honesty. Yeah, and I like I don't know that for sure, so it's hard to it's hard to say. I, yeah, I'm not saying he's a game changer, a game for, breaker, for but they lack a bit of. I thought what Ivan said. In the post game, pretty much summed it up. Like they were the better team, they deserve to win, and we've been doing too many, too much low percentage stuff for too long now. And we're getting what we deserve, and mm. let's see if we see a response. I think everyone that's watching the Panthers can agree with that. Yeah, well, and they, have been they used... started slowly last year, but they were still winning. They Le- started slowly this year, and they've been rolled a couple of times. Yeah, but learn, you're not the same team as well, and I think they're slowly learning that. And they are. That's another point. The other night, but they could easily be only a one loss team. Mm. You know, they got oh, rolled definitely. in a close one by Brisbane by a field goal. They get pipped by South. They get pipped in this one where they had two blokes drop the ball over the line. And I'm not sure that they'd be learning the lessons that they're learning now. No. And on top of that, they had one. There's a, there's a lot of other confidence. So and, I think this is actually a positive for Penrith. There's a lot of other confidence and risk that comes with the fact that they've been in the last three grand finals in a row and there's a lot of guys there playing a high level of football. Yeah. So they're not going to stop no, no, no. going they, to they, that they, well. They know what they're doing. But the point may come across like he's making there that, hey, we that don't happens. have kick hour anymore. We don't have 
you know, Burton anymore. We don't have RP anymore, et cetera. Like, we're not going to get away with as much as what we would have before. We can't do this sort of stuff We need to be cleaner. We need to clean things up. We need to be a little bit tighter because we're not exactly the same team. We can still be a very good team. And their depth has been tested. Exactly. And we can still be a very good team, but maybe we need to rein a few things in and do what we talked about the other week where their biggest focus for me looking at them right now and the one thing that's still positive is they're still one of the best defensive teams in the competition. That needs to be the bread and butter. That'll hold up. Their attack, though, certainly has to change. Yeah. They are not what they were and they don't have the weapons. They're not, but they I feel as though that's got but that can a adjust. lot to do with discipline. Yeah, exactly. But that can adjust. Possession as well. So they're, they're finding that out themselves. Attack is far more effective when you've got your defensive opponent fatigued. Mm. <clears throat> but you look at for them, I guess, I don't know when Liam Martin's coming back, but if you chuck Fisher-Harris, Liam Martin and Lenny who pulled out last night back in, as well as Otago... You know, it helps obviously solve that sort of issue we talk about with their bench. And same as having Sorensen playing in the back row right now. Yeah. With the middles they've lost and their edge options, the one thing they probably really don't need right now is somebody missing from their edges, which has happened this year. Yeah. And Garner was also another one they sort of banked on who turned up a little bit banged up and has been injured. For where I guess, like I said, they were really hoping that they'd be solid in that regard to be able to have middles and, you know, good support there. The other night, Eisenhuth goes down. They carry Henry for the first time this year. They're very light on in the middle at the moment. Yeah. So that's certainly an area that, you know, I'm hoping. They're obviously going to be hoping they get healthy in once Fish comes back that, that he stays. And I don't know what happened with Lane you on the weekend. I was only listening on the radio, but they're sure that they, the way he's been playing this year, you put those two guys back in the mix with Moses and you'd be much happier with this situation. Mm. But yeah, they're still learning. That's for sure. Um, to adjust and play the way they are. But, all positives for the Tigers. Brooks, Arpy, Clem, Twile, Bolle. I thought there was a lot of guys that contributed, but I think they've certainly got a player in Buller. <laughs> Tough conditions in the circumstance here. And he had a real he had some quality moments the week before in a beaten team. Yeah. Um, in a tough situation. But in those conditions, especially when Nathan started throwing up those kicks at the end and the way they were coming after him. Mm. And a couple of cleanups, including that tackle on him in the mm. pass. Mm. <laughs> He's buzzed me. Um mm. yeah. There were some real positive signs there for them and Talk about your spine. I think you can lock him in at one Who's for that? the rest of the year, Buller, from what you've seen. You Namor so. flipping mm. Staines and Laurie and these guys that are off contract in, I'd be letting him finish the year out in that spot. And at least you know you got him and Arpy sort of locked in. What, what happens with Brooks? Him, I don't know because he's off contract, but I'd certainly be looking to get more games into Buller. That's for sure. Yeah. Warriors, Roosters, 14 zip. Uh, there was laid outs for both sides. Uh, Jared. Obviously, pulls out. We know they lost Tupo last week. And for the Warriors, they've had one of the probably the worst tolls or the worst luck of anybody. Still missed Chance. Barney still wasn't back. Tomorrow, we know Metcalf. Jazz was out. Tohu was out. Egan was a late inclusion after missing you know, a couple of weeks as well. And he's been out with multiple head knocks this season. But this was an old-fashioned knockout, drag-him-out, monsoonal game where it's just fucking who breaks first. And they, I thought they both defended really well. Johnson's kicking game for the conditions the weather was fucking outstanding. He just... The, some of the grubbers he rolled in and some of what he did was absolutely brilliant and the pressure he built. And we saw probably more of what we remember of the Roosters probably 10 years ago. That 13 team and the 18 team and those ones that were basically like, just keep coming at us yeah, and we'll defend our goal line and we'll keep turning up and we'll scrap and we'll defend and we'll fight our way out and we'll kick. And even if they drop the football or get a bit loose, 
can make a couple of errors. The one thing they always used to back themselves in was their goal line day. <laughs> and I know the conditions certainly played a part in that, but that was the first time in a long time I sort of looked and thought, that's more the Roosters that I sort of remember being built and based on was their day. Definitely. And yeah, a lot of good clean-up work. Teddy, as has seemed to be the case the whole time he's at the Roosters, when you're playing late to the finals and playing rep football and that, they clearly give him big off-season breaks the older he's getting to Professor Zervin. Started the year slow. The last few weeks, no surprise as usual. Building in and getting close to the origin, he's starting to play some really good football. It's, yeah, the timing's interesting, isn't it? It's just... Well, <clears> if, like again, when you're getting older and you're playing a lot of football, they're obviously... You know how to Don't load him up and they have to let him sort of build his way yeah. in. And the preseason it's, issue as well. It's been the case the last few years. Right? People are like, oh, Teddy's not playing that good. I'm like, just wait six or eight weeks for a guy yeah. who's not a preseason. And it's slowly looking like it again. Last week, he looked like he just, you know, had a bit of a, a rebirth. And then the other day in those conditions with his little Fred Flintstone shuffle feet, he was flying around everywhere ever again, cleaning everything up and really, really busy. Yeah. Um, thought Manu and Kiri were pretty solid in the conditions again. I think, obviously, the one thing they're more happy about is that Defensive spot certainly tighten up with Marnie there, having a bigger body. Come up with a, a save there on Jackson Ford at some stage, and Ford had a couple of chances where he looked like he was likely. But, yeah, I think overall the biggest thing they'll be satisfied with is the ducking. Absolutely. So, for Robinson, uh, that's a big positive. And then, again, more game time in your troops. The Butcher brothers were great. Mm. I think they had 100-plus tackles between them, no misses. Nat obviously gets that crash line as well off that play the ball. They had a couple of quick ones, and run him in on play five. And I, I do feel the frustration of Warriors fans though. Uh, I'd seen it today because I hadn't seen the game live where there's a blatant replay of Satili shoulder charging someone. Like, I know it didn't result in an injury or an issue with the head, but it was clearly a shoulder charge. Yeah. That that led to an error, which is they score a play the ball that next set. And it is Satili who scores. So for a lot of people, we're looking at anything getting sin at the moment. Like, not even a proper trip a few years ago would get you penalised. Now it's getting your sin bin. Any touch of the head's getting your sin bin. Any crusher, everything's getting your sin bin. And then they see a shoulder charge on a replay multiple times, hand the ball over, and then they fucking scored. So you can't really blame Warriors fans at times for being a little bit frustrated. 100%. Mm. But I didn't know that one because I was only at work and I had bits in the radio, but I watched it today and I was like, okay, now I understand that. <laughs> now I understand their frustration. Yeah. Great shot. And I love a good shot, but with the way we play the game these days, we know you're not allowed to do that. So on the flip side of that, I was like, okay, well, the bunker intervenes when it feels like it or in certain situations. There's a pretty obvious one there where they could tell the referee that it should be a penalty. Definitely. And that wasn't the case, so. Yeah. Um, one thing that did surprise me, there's a few people that were frustrated on the Warriors side of things that I read about the attack. I'm like, well, for the guys you're missing and in the conditions, what did you expect? It's not really the best conditions to uh, be playing too crazy football. I didn't think their attack was too bad, given the circumstances. Yeah. And probably more importantly was in that circumstance, again, the way they defended, I thought they still did a very, very good job defending their goal line. 100% they did. For the majority. 100%, and yeah. they built pressure, which is things, again, like we didn't expect in the past. Like Johnson just teed up. Weird old game, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, when you go into that sort of weather, you know it's going to be just a shit fight. Yeah. But they both certainly come to throw punches and go 12 rounds, and the Roosters got the better of them. Yeah. Scored two ugly tries and, uh, you know, the other thing I think probably take into account, not only the troops teams are missing, in particular the Warriors, but the turnaround. Yeah. To go from Anzac clashes in Melbourne and Sydney on a short turnaround back to New Zealand and play in that sort of weather. Um, I think for the Roosters, you look at that one, you're really, really happy with that two points off, off the tough side of things. I think if the Warriors, you're happy you started the way 
the year the way you did because that run could hurt otherwise. 100%. But given the circumstances and the health, I, I'm, I wouldn't be too disappointed again as a warrior. But no, I don't no. know if it's true. I didn't look. But I think somebody said that Metcalf come back and cut last on the weekend. If so, that's a real positive. There you go. I've got yeah. Because if Martin is still, you know, a couple of weeks away with the leg break or the ankle break and he's back in the fold with what they're dealing with their halves at the moment. I know Volk's done a job and I know Dill's done a job, but Dill in conjunction with Jazz off their bench has been so important for me that if a Metcalf is up and running and playing some good football, I'd like to get him back into the halves. But I don't know if that was a rumour or not, but somebody told me that Metcalf no. was back. No, he wasn't. So someone's fed me some bullshit because I didn't see it. Some bullshit. But two or three mates were like, oh, Metcalf's back this week. And I was like, really? I thought, I read indefinite, which is why I've been waiting to find out how bad it is. I thought, with when you say the word indefinite, that's never a good sign. It's not. That's basically saying, we have no fucking clue how long this is going to take. We're just going to have to wait and see. So mm. there you go. I've been fed porkies. Mm. I've been fed a dud, mate. Can I finish? Can I finish? Uh, but they did have a debutant. The man that played against you that week, Dimitri Sifakula. So yeah. one of that young crew is in. I'm sure you'll see Laban and Leia Tower and a couple of guys as the year goes on, Ma'u. Uh, but they've got, a, they've got a couple of really good young kids here, the Warriors. But the Roosters chalk up another one and move on. Uh, interested with their injuries to see if Walker gets a look in this week. I didn't see the weekend from what I read. Wasn't a great day for them as a team, and he played okay. But Momorowski, who's played the last few weeks, has ligament damage in his shoulder. So if he's out with the issues they've had in their back line and Tupo missing, I think they'd be stretching it to try and patch up their back line. Unless Billy Smith, after a few weeks back in Cup, gets brought in again. Yeah. Um, but I, I guess it depends on how strong they are and how long they want him to play Cup for. Because your easiest solve, realistically, here is to put Manu back in the centre and bring Walker back in, but... I guess we'll see when the, the lineups get named and we do this preview on Thursday. Moving on from that one, uh, last game, Dogs, Dragons. Certainly didn't think it was a pretty game and with the troops, the Dogs were missing. Uh, to me, again, I don't know, there's no excuses in first grade, but I, I certainly didn't think they would win this game or if they did, I think, you know, they'd, they'd put up a fight. But I was actually really disappointed in the Dragons because the effort we've seen out of those other two in the game previous we just saw on a five-day turnaround, they were dead flat. Some of the misses in defense were horrible. They were. Diabolical. <clears throat> to give up long-range tries. Oh. And... <clears throat> mm. Mate, tell you what. Avarilla got wheels. Oh. But Braden Burns, mate, what a tough bastard he is. Yeah, he a, is. He did his knee early in the game. They strapped him up. The bloke was limping around for 75 minutes. Horrible, though. Twice he comes up He's with a pass. He's been with injuries. Like, he was oh. in that... Side that I was involved with at Penrith with Ciro. He was red hot. With the 20s. Um, poached from rugby. And he's just, yeah, been cruel by injury. Well, the first one he bounces across the field, gets two or three interested, and then throws that long pass. And Avarillo just absolutely scooted. And then the second time he does it again. He's like midfield, they're stuck in yardage, and he just hurls a long ball. And he just takes off and he beats Sloan twice. Sloan must be absolutely having nightmares about Avarillo. Um,. He's another one I said like the other way. He's off contract this year. They have to keep him. I'm still not sold that centre's his best position. I think he's a really good footballer. Yeah. I liked him at one. That's probably where I'd prefer. But he come through playing at six, mainly because for that reason, in junior teams, when you're a better player, you just generally like him at one or in the halves because they get to touch the football more. But you give him decent football and opportunity to run. I I still think Avarillo's got you know more in him and more improvement in the future. 
but overall, I think it was another good day for them just on what they're building, I guess, culture-wise and effort-wise. They were really tough. Yeah. You've got Edwards and Waddell and a couple of guys that have been asked to play Hughes. Um, how they used Oluwapu, I was happy about because I was worried it was going to be the old, we sit a half, we give him a token 10 minutes. You know, if you're a half, you need to start or you at least need a decent sort of stint to get yourself into the game. And it's probably the perfect way to do it. They let Reynolds run wild like a pit bull dog as he does for 30 minutes and abuse the ref and get his mouth cut open and all the crazy shit he generally gets up to. And Oluwapu come in tournaments before half time to get a couple of touches and then I thought he was more than capable in the second half. Certainly didn't shirt the task around the football. Defensively for his age, good. Yeah. Um so we, we were talking last week only about how they introduce him and what their sort of plan is. I guess from here is that is that the way forward? Why you're short on players? You let Reynolds start, bump him into thirteen to sort mm. of steal an interchange and then roll another middle in? I I don't know. But I think if you're going to introduce him without starting him, it wasn't a bad way to do it. 100%. Um, but full credit to them in terms of how much heart was in that performance. Burns, he's he's the real one after that, along with Avarillo, that I was just like, man, if he doesn't get some daily end points, there's something fucking wrong. <laughs> For Tyler Marin and a couple of the middles, mm. did plenty of work. Look, Perham was very solid again. For the Dragons, it's the same guy every week. You pretty much put up there. Hunt was one of their better players. The Bellin was obviously busy. Laurie as always, but they they were really flat. And probably the one that really disappointed me, again, the team performance obviously hurt it, but I thought Sloan had a real breakout game last week and I thought he was pretty much MIA mm. yesterday, which was disappointing. Yeah, he was. But yeah. they're one of these teams that have been, same deal, in every single game and at times it just looks like they don't know how to close it out or what to do when they get in a bit of a shit fight or an arm wrestle. They had plenty of opportunity at the end. They had... Opportunity in the first half, they got burned, like you said, twice on two long-range tries, which shouldn't happen at that level where you get passed around and the guy runs 80 or 90 metres twice the same way. Yeah. That's uh, pretty schoolboy stuff. So disappointing as a Dragons fan if you watched last week and then you watched this week, mm. which is probably one thing at the moment, which is giving you the shits. So there you go. That wraps up uh, the reviews of those games from the weekend. Any news? You got anything else, Boxhead? No, it was just that was another one for the Dragons, wasn't it? Mm. So close, but yet so far. So fans must be getting a little bit frustrated. But uh, uh, I guess this whole so, situation, like I've same said. Same as Anthony Griffin. Like, if they'd just won half of their close games, they'd probably, they'd be, well, they'd obviously be in a far better position and there might be a little bit less pressure on him. But I still don't think they were going to keep him, but it's just. I don't think so either, but I, it'd I just, just be interesting in where the where everything would lay. I still feel, like I said before, if they are going to do what they were going to do, they shouldn't have announced it, or they should have fired him before the season started. I felt it was a bit underhanded to get two games in and then do a soft yeah. firing. It was just shit by them. Yeah, but yeah, they're in a they're in a bit of a weird spot. And like I said, that probably the harder part is this whole domino situation is based off another team what they do with their coaching situation. Yeah, that's right. That's that's an even worse situation to be in. I think you're waiting on someone else. Is basically a couple of people maybe telling you that I need to wait for this to play out first before I can essentially even consider you. Mm. So. Yeah, that's an interesting one. But I kept watching uh, Yellowstone. Yeah, how are you going with it? We chipped away and done an, an episode, usually most nights with dinner or something like that. Finished the first season. Yeah. Pretty good. Pretty good. Succession, I think I've lost Casey on that one. I think I'm going to be on my own for Succession. I think you said that. Yeah, yeah said that she one. wasn't that interested. I, I was. I laughed. So yeah. I was like, all right, this looks like one we're going to go separate ways on. And I'm, I'm going to be watching that's that, okay. But that's fun, mate. 
we have a couple of shows like that where we watch something and we're just like, that's, mm. that's crap, mate. That, that's one for you in your time. Yeah, fair enough. But, no, I, I like you. Yeah, I'm still, I don't know, I'm still, I'm still finding it a bit weird. You won't. I it's like right. it, but it's just like all about the ranch and all like This is just a bit, I don't know, it's almost it's cult. Not, it's a bit cultish. No, it's not. <laughs> you got some fucking issues. You got it, you're on the ranch. You can't leave the ranch. We started watching Your Honor, the new season of Your Honor. Yeah, you like it? One episode. Yeah, it was okay. Yeah. I like Brian Cranston. Good actor, eh? Yeah. Good actor. He is a good actor. I watched a movie. I don't know. I can't think of what movie I watched this week. You watched a movie? Oh, I watched the one that we were talking about last week. The one, the World War Two, with the guy from um, Creed in it. Devotion? Was it Devotion? Ah, Devotion. I watched that. It was okay. Jonathan Majors. Yeah, it was okay. He's in a bit of Barney Rubble at the moment, Jonathan Majors. Yeah, that's... Well, I think we were talking about that off air. Oh, I said he had all these big movies the coming out. Creed. And the next minute I sent an article that he was in a bit of Barney Rubble. I'm like, this guy... <laughs> Yeah. He's just starting to hit the big time. He's in the Marvel Universe. He's in Devotion. He's in Creed. And then... He's fucked up. There's a few things popping up. Well, mm-hmm. innocent to a proven guilty, but there's a lot well, of stuff allegedly. popping up. So. I've been watching a lot of ice hockey, actually. My Maple Leafs got through. First series win in 20 years. Yeah. And the Bruins, the greatest team, right, never so win anything. My Bruins, they choked. They had mm. the best record, or one of the best records ever. And then they've gone out in round one. Over time, they, they led with 45 seconds to go. They were going through... Uh, Florida pulled their goalie, scored a goal, overtime, and then scored a goal in overtime. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. Well, I'm holding on to the Celtics. That's my only hope. Same, obviously, yeah. That's first game tomorrow, I think. Because the Pats have just gone into NFL limbo where they've gone 50-50 two years in a row. You're going to be Cleveland for the next 20 years? Yeah, probably. Yeah, good. We'll just be middle run. Yeah. That's our, okay. Our draft the other day was a bit, Looking I don't know. Into mediocrity. We did the same thing we always do. We traded backwards and we took a cornerback. Yeah, great. That's standard procedure. We did what we always do, take an offensive player. Offensive player, but you can't tackle. That offense is fucking <laughs> So good. you got all these weapons. So smart. But you can't stop anyone. We're going to score shikity. And there's only one problem, though. It's like, you got all these weapons, but you don't have a quarterback. That's true as well. So, I, I, that's why when they took a running back, I'm like, well, that's good if you got three running backs like they do. I'm like, we didn't have an issue running the ball last year. Nah, but that's what I mean. Now, anyway. you've, now you've taken a guy they reckon is the best running back in a decade. I'm like, that's cool. But if Desmond Ridders your quarterback, you're in big bunny rubble. We'll see how it goes. So, I don't know. Oh, you, know you know, I thought about the other day. I've where, watched Marcus Mariota for a year, so. Where did Jimmy G end up? He ended up at Raiders. He did, yeah, he was. That's what I was sitting yep. there the other day. I was like, fuck, I can't remember because I sort of shut down. I was like. Play off Jimmy. Someone like Jimmy with the weapons you've got, just someone to plug and play. And push. I would have been happy to have. That's what I thought, but you wouldn't, have, you wouldn't have to go on top tier money. You wouldn't have to spend know. 30, no, 40 I million. I know. You're preaching to the choir, son. Just. You know, like last year they gave bloody fucking almost ten million to Mariota. I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah, I know. Done. Pick Jimmy up and just well, let just him. Just go get Matt Ryan back. Well, he's same better point. Than, he's better than Mariota. You got all those weapons. I'm yeah. like, just hey, bruh, we're not going to ask you to use your noodle arm to throw more than ten yards. We'll run screens and all this shit with pits and. The thing is, though, Matt, uh, Matt Ryan doesn't have a noodle arm. Well, did he retire or not? No, there's nothing's been said. Just had his third baby. Actually, when I saw that, I was like, good luck playing footy, bro. Well, I was interested in what they did. They've had a new quarterback every single year, the Colts, and then they've drafted this Richardson who's raw as all hell. Yeah. So I was like, that could be a good pick in three years' time. But if Ballard and a couple of guys are under pressure, I'm like, it's not going to help you right now. Mm. But they've done the old, we've hired the coach that worked with this style of quarterback, Hurts and Steichen last year, so now we'll draft this guy. I'm like, well, there's no guarantees, Jalen Hurts. whoop de doo Basil. So what, what about them? You see their draft? Who? The Eagles. It was yeah. ridiculous. They get the probably the best player in the draft, that Carter, 
because he had some off-field issues, which in the NFL, when everyone says off-field issues, you're like, you guys don't care about off-field issues. They make out like you care. It's like the footy. <laughs> so the Eagles are sitting there at nine going, holy shit, the best player on the draft. <coughs> no one's taking him. Fucking our defense was already stacked. Yeah. And then at 30, they get another guy who was considered like from Georgia again. One of the best pass rushers is off an injury and no one touched him again for concerns. And they go, beautiful. We got two bloody top 10 picks, basically. That's the first time I've coughed in an hour and a half. Too. Ah, you're allowed to cough. I've done well. <clears throat> I've been crook as a dog. So, so their D-line's absolutely stacked. Their O-line's great. And then they've got two guys that were considered top 10 players and the best player in the draft who had a bit of trouble a month ago. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah, everyone just let him on. fall to nine. I was like, well, I can't believe they let him fall. And then they've traded today with Detroit because they didn't want to pay... Miles Sanders, which is fair enough because no one pays for running backs anymore. Mm. They've got DeAndre Swift, who's a weapon off Detroit in the last year of his contract for a million bucks. That's great. I was like, mate, that's ridiculous. And this is why some teams are really good and some teams are shit because you see moves like what they've done mm. where they've just looked at someone and go, we're not paying you four or five years or we're not paying you eight million a year. And they go get a guy who's as good. Didn't Sanders leave in free agency? Yeah, <clears> and <throat> went to Carolina for like yeah. eight million dollars. Yeah. And they've just <laughs> gone and traded for someone as good and got a couple of guys in their backfield and going, we'll take his last year of his rookie deal for, for a million a 50 bucks. Cent coin. Because you know what? If he plays well at the end of the year, we'll make him an offer. If not, we get a compensatory pick and we basically get to rent him for free for a year and we save six and a half million bucks. Yeah. So thanks a lot, Detroit. And then they used the first round draft pick also on a running back, which is the cardinal sin of what everyone's saying at the moment with running backs and second contracts. and Yeah. Yeah. Smart, smart teams are smart for a reason. And poor teams are poor for a reason. And what yeah. about the Jets and Rogers? I don't know. <laughs> I know we've turned this into an NFL podcast. That's okay. The last three years, I've just been like, stop making it about you, Aaron. So if I'm Green Bay, I'm happy about this. Mm. I'm happy that he's gone. Yeah, I, I just think it'll, it's good it's for the league. Huge cap dump. <clears throat> good for the league. Yeah, and it's a huge cap dump. They get rid of 50 million bucks. They get to try out the guy they drafted in the second round who they thought's got some talent. And worst case, if he's rubbish and it goes bad in 12 months, you blow it up and you try and get that Caleb Williams. And you got extra picks and salary cap if, if so. Yeah, fair enough. Trade a few people <clears> out <throat> and just go, we are tanking. Imagine if they went three quarterbacks in a row. Favre to Rogers, and then I'd just obliterate myself next year to get him. Yeah. Just sit everyone. That's what surprised me with what the Texans did. Trading up all their picks to get two and three. I was like, I don't agree with that. Yeah. I would have just taken... I would have picked up as many pieces as I could, tried to fill up the D and the O-line, and then if you suck again, tank it and try and get that same guy Oh, next no, year. we suck again. But they've they went in hard. They traded extra picks to pick up what they felt was the best defensive player in CJ Stroud. Mm. Interesting. So there you go. If anyone wants an NFL podcast in the future, there's a little <clears> snippet. We were going to actually start one. Yeah, we wanted to, but I think it was just more with coaching and footy crossing over it's just a little bit of a break in between it's just time mate everything's mm. time mate mm. time time he yeah. was good tonight I didn't see him mate it, it was a commercial agreement <laughs> that's why it wasn't publicised <laughs> mm. oh what was the one he was talking about Is oh the F1s one? were back on the way ah, he was talking about that manly fight that's what I was looking forward to again. Goes, what did he say mate you can't have blokes <laughs> punching each other at training or something like that uh, just as he always does well, I, I don't know whether I've shared this on the podcast before but last year at a New South Wales Cup captain's run I had a punch on at training you, you didn't have a punch on you had a punch the players had a punch yeah, on at training the, 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 you had a punch on so yeah Brock was throwing out at training 
Mate, we used to have it at Canberra. You know, the, you, is there still... Like, I'm not going to name names, but it like it happened. And there was nothing in it. It was just nah. the two players... They get a bit it, hot. Was, it was a contact drill. Alpha males. One of them didn't like it. The other one sort of said, well, what are you going to do about it? And yes. then they get into it I'll a little bit. I'll show you what I'm going to do about and it. And then <laughs> the players break it up. They had a laugh and away we, we went. We Mate, won the next day. We had one Play too. On. They still have contact suits. You guys got contact suits? No. In Canberra, we had those contact suits contact to make you look a Michelin man. Fucking hell. Because they try to think, all right, if we're going to bash these during the week, which they try to, we'll try to make it a bit softer. But we had a guy who I won't name. Um, we used to call him the, the training killer because at trainer, he was a murderer to try and get himself in the team. And Good. A, a future NRL player was dog shotted by said player and the same thing happened where <laughs> things got a bit feisty. Yeah, of course. And then he chop-locked him not long after and he called him a fucking dog. And then two seconds later, we had three or four blokes in a bit of a huddle until we're murking each yeah, other. Yeah, so for people listening, I think the point is, is that... It happens. If it's... Yeah, well... If it happens in the session and it's a result of just yeah. boys being boys and boys getting fiery, that's cool. That can just pass. If it's something that's... Like an issue or an building... An issue or a relationship issue or yeah. things that are extracurricular that may seep into factions and guys taking sides and... That's different. He said, she said, that's when... Things can get really cancerous, yeah, and really difficult because you've got guys who are on contracts, and yeah, like it, it can be hard to move players on or move situations on. Yeah, again, if without, you find yourself in a position where you've got guys who don't like each other or factions within a group, yeah. it's very, very difficult to manage. Without as a coach. knowing whatever it was, they were saying they have a barbecue, and apparently, if you get a shit haircut, you get a slap in there or something. They reckon slaps turn into more than slaps, and. No, they got into it. I have no idea, but that's, that's the way Baz reported it. I'm disappointed I missed the barbecue. And then LOA was in the media today because he broke it up and basically said that, you know. Get on with same it. Same thing. Alpha males, shit happens. Yeah. There's nothing. And he sort of said the same thing. Well, the, the fact that leaked was obviously people there that usually aren't there or around training or whatnot. And I was sort of like, well, that also happens too. Yeah. Where if there's someone external or something happens that well, day. Well, Brookie's a public oval. You can walk in there and do what you want. Yeah. People so. walk their dogs around there at NRL sessions every every week. Yeah. I hope they bring the green bags. Oh, Nothing worse than Brookie trying to go in the corner. I remember and... the first time I went to Brookie. I never played there. First time I went to Brookie as a coach, it would have been maybe a Harold Matz game 08, 09, somewhere around there. Mm. We went out to warm up and one dog. of the players trotting dog shit. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking, oh, mate. I, I was pl- like, I'm a dry reacher at the best of times. I was that uh, just, oh, <laughs> dog shit. Hurting. And one of the boys like was completely oblivious. So not only has he he trod in dog shit, he's walked all through the dressing room. And I'm just nah, uh, it's just yeah. But they're like it's public oval. It wasn't yeah, even really it, cut properly then. Yeah, the thing. As soon as you start doing that, I don't know. This is the thing when you fucking played footy with too many people. You know, and some people can't listen to the sound of vomiting. <laughs> we we had one in our team, and we did the old like we're all sitting there in the morning after gym, and they walk in, and there's like thirty of us sitting there, and everyone starts going, <laughs> uh, uh, and you see the person walking through, uh, go fuck off, no. fuck off, <laughs> <laughs> and there's thirty That's of us cold. with the door locked and the chair, uh, uh, a sympathy spiel, you're just watching someone. Fuck off, fuck no, off. I'm like, oh, you want to talk about footy players before and people bringing up public fights? I'm like, that's the sort of shit you deal with when you go. <laughs> if you want to know the mentality, you want to know why people I'm get just angry. telling you, there was 30 grown men in a room with a bloke who spews on the sound of a hurricane, and there was 30 of us half naked eating yogurt at seven in the morning after a gym session, hurricane, yeah. to try and get this bloke to chuck. Like, that's what you're dealing with, people. That's what you're dealing with, So, if two guys with shit haircuts want to have a fight at a barbecue, <laughs> why are we fucking surprised? Why are we fucking surprised, honestly? It's true. 
<sighs> and if we look at the Mad Monday record and everything else, surely we've got enough track record to understand what happens. Sure, that's right, surely. Testosterone, sometimes, and the other thing is sometimes joking things aren't taken as a joke when someone feels maybe that someone's gone too far. Yeah. So the other thing in those environments as well is, oh, well, I'm not going to feel like I can be fucking stood over. Maybe I need to do something here to sort of prove a point like, okay, if anyone else thinks that you can do what this prick just did here, well, yeah. you've got another thing coming, which is also another thing that happens on the field. It's another cheese. Translates a little bit off the field. <laughs> like maybe I just lost some, uh, you know, some fucking American Express points there. I'm going to have to buy some credibility back here, so I might step to somebody pretty style just, <laughs> just, sort of let, to just sort of let the squad know what the deal is that if anyone wants to fucking... <laughs> oh, it's legit. It happens at some places. all teams and clubs are very different dynamic but that also comes into it, it sometimes in, it happens in workplace but people can feel that and go alright maybe I need to fucking step on some toes yeah. here just to go guess what didn't Wayne Bennett famously say that to Gordon Tallis he needs, to, back he needs to get some respect back he was losing day. some credibility so he used Ben Ross's fucking head as a pinata punched him that many times he was looking for <laughs> Pez to come out or some lollies to come out yeah he did try to turn him into a tic tac dispenser didn't he oof but there you alright let's go there's one thing you didn't plug at the start, the event you put up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We should have done that right at the start. Yeah. Bo- as I've said before, if you're not listening to by this stage, fuck you, because there are yeah. some people that turn off. Okay. <laughs> okay. You've yeah, got so the... we're going yeah, to have a little Origin 1 get-together at uh, Squinter's Brewing Co. in Penrith. So the lads there have um, invited us down to... Do a little live uh, live preview, a bit of a Q&A, have a couple of beers with our fans and watch Game 1 of Origin. Pretty good, I reckon. So, finer details to come. We're going to work through, look at some numbers and then, you know, look at how the how the night sort of operates. But, um, yeah, the numbers look good already. I think we've got a few people saying that they're going to they're gonna come in. So, if you're in Western Sydney in particular, it'll obviously be easier for you to, for you to get there. People who are going to travel some distance on a, on a weeknight, it's going to be difficult. Look, I'm putting it out to you now. Just commit. We've been waiting years. Commit. Take a sickie. Put a leave day in now. Turn up. And get, get an Uber. Fucking sideways. That's, well, the good thing is where where this brewery is located is very close to the train line. Oh, it's literally... Penner Station would be like 500 metres away. 600 metres, maybe. Or, okay, maybe I'm exaggerating. Maybe, maybe a, a, a kilometre. Yeah, because yeah, you go under the bridge, it's only a couple of metres to the right, and then yeah. you take a left, and there's literally the Penrith Station. If you get on the job, like I'm prone to, after you've had 12 beers. I used to do that. Mm. Not, not anymore. No, I mean now. Yeah, just get on the jog. And... I do. I still do the walker, stare at the lights and the stars, and go. There you go. <clears throat> but mm. essentially, numbers need to be there. We've been talking a few years about the Super Saturday, which I still really like to do somewhere. Well, we, we are going to do that. We uh, will do that. This one for a midweeker. Uh, I think maybe first week of the finals might be a good one for um, a Super Saturday. Like maybe do the the Saturday finals games. I've got a venue in mind for that um, that I think will work. So, um, yeah, Squinters, Unreal. It'll be good fun. 100%. But obviously we need to get numbers in. So if you... Um, yeah, because the lads in their venue, this is something for them. Uh, don't want to waste their time. That if origin. people aren't going to turn up, if you're saying you're coming, please make sure that you you are. Um, so basically, make it make it worth their while as well because they're a business and they want to make some cashola and they're going to staff it and all that sort of jazz. So and yeah. they're they're happy to accommodate us, which is um, unreal. Local business, local pen business. So we want to support them by getting exactly. as many people there as we can. So basically, we have got a couple of weeks to gauge people's availability for a midweek game. 
and how that's all going to play out. Yeah. And if that's the case... Present on Facebook, go to our um, socials, go to our Facebook page, find it there. If you're going to come, make sure you put down that you are are going and um, we'll chat more about it. Maybe on Thursday. And if anyone's got any doubts, just ask Danul how good the grand final day ask was Danul. for us. He thought at the start he was just coming for a chat and a photo. And, and before he, you know it, we were fucking he sideways. Got, he got penalty. Talking, <laughs> talking to us for multiple hours penalty. over a six or seven hour period. A few home truths about Parramatta. I know you're listening to Danul. If you're there, you need to put something he's, up. I think his head's just gone down and he's shaking his head. Give a five-star review on, to the experience. These are fucking blokes again. <laughs> five-star review for that experience. Brock's a fucking asshole. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good day. It was unreal. It was unreal. He, he was hit. In the end, he was trying to leave. Well, like, no, you're not fucking going anywhere. <laughs> so, Buying another round, bitch. You're invested S- now. <laughs> sit there. You spent enough time. You're in. Hundred percent. You know it's a good day when you're eating donuts when not the games. That over is that something. is ridiculous That's because I was doing. eating donuts. Going, I never eat sweets. Yeah, you weren't on it. I was. I'm going to get some of Frankie's donuts. I walked up and was like, "Come on, Frankie." Didn't Frankie give us some freebies too? Well, I think it was right at the end. I went to buy he some because I was like, I'm taking these with me because we we're about to jet. And he's like, oh, we're closing up. So you go. Give me like eight donuts. I no, like, yeah, because yes. he goes, I'll give them to your kids. I was like, mate, and then I've got to parent them. I was like, they're not coming back. I'm going to eat all the donuts in the car. Yeah. That's not happening, mate. I'm after donuts. And how, I, did, how did we get home? Case picked us up, didn't she? Good question. She did. I'm pretty sure she did. <laughs> yeah, I think she did. You need to wife that, mate. We got picked uh, fairly sourced that day. Oh. That was great. Oh. Oh. Big time. Extra saucy. Couldn't stand up. It was, yeah. Oh, it was awfully dusty. Burn you know the fire. best part? when we, we, I went back in for second dinner. Whatever that. You did too, yeah. You that did celebrity too. chef or whatever they put on his burgers and chips, they made put a decent bistro. They were good. Yeah, they were. They were good. Because me and you went in with 20 to go. We're like, this game's over and we're sideways and let's go get another feed more beer. So watching on TV eat another That's burger. What, what was that guy's name? I don't know if it was Matt Moran. Or it was Matt Moran, yeah. Because they were trying to contend with... Uh, the new Sydney Stadium, remember? Yeah, what's his name? They did Hems or Hemsworth, whoever it is. Yeah. Nah, Hemsworth's bloody Thor. Oh, Hemsworth. Hems, Justin Hems? Isn't he the pub guy? I don't know. Let's put, whoever it was, it was some chef and they did burgers and shit and then for the grand final, they're like, you know the what? SCG chicken burger, spicy chicken burger's unreal. They were like, we're going to step our shit up so they had Pete Moran or someone throw a Matt thing Moran, on. You fucking Matt idiot. Moran. Pete Moran, who's Matt, Matt Moran? Moran. <laughs> How about this guy? How about the burgers? He made a cracking burger. <laughs> Then I had four Frankie's donuts and tried not to throw up blue and gold when I got After home. 14 super drivers. Oh, there's more than that. <laughs> it, was, yeah. it was a long day. Yeah. And we'd ha- I it- remember poor old Bortho, was, he was assistant coach with the NRLW Eels and he came to have a chat to me at half time and I think I, he passed out when he smelt <laughs> my breath. They, no, they, 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 they thought he was a drunk when he went back in the box. So oh, like, just said, mate, what have you been doing? Drinking. I've just been talking to that bloke over there. There you go. Who's been here since eleven AM? You know, you know, you know when you know you've had a really good day when you've just been like the <laughs> corridor of contact for everybody. It was Danul. We bumped into like two other three people that we knew. We bumped into a coach. We knew, like we just when you're yeah. sitting drinking somewhere and it's like a main thoroughfare for a bar, which is where we were, and you've bumped into about fifteen different people. And at that point, I was still coaching well Mounties were still going ahead so I was sniffing for players for next year yeah we did I was say people were pushing players onto me and I was chatting to players after a few beers I was it, was, it was actually good I was involved in one of those meetings <laughs> making a few points I was like yeah mate I was half sourced I was like yeah I'll fucking sell you on the situation yeah. come over here give Sorry. me the biz yeah. <laughs> I'll give you the biz yeah. Oh, yeah. that's great loop. you're the man <laughs> he's the king alright we've talked shit for about 20 minutes now which is always a bit of good fun at the Don't end can, mate. yeah hopefully have we got it over two hours yet? No, we don't. No, mate. But I feel like we're robbing the fans here, mate, of 10 minutes of content. No. But it's going to be It'll another... be like 360 finishing mate. at 
There's, there's another podcast later in the week. It is. So mm. we are not paddle pop loins. We will provide the content we promised. <laughs> oh mate. He did a he did a good one on um must have been the Manly game. They went down to him sideline and he was it was pissing down rain. Mm. Um I can't I can't think of what the line He loves was. throwing up. He does he throw threw a, he threw a good line. It was I was having a giggle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all laughed. I think I was driving the week before and they were talking about hip drops and he said, is it fair to say that we think that all of this hip dropping stuff is a result of the jiu-jitsu that's coming on? <laughs> and one of them said to him, like, dropping on someone's fucking legs has nothing to do with jiu-jitsu. Yeah. Jiu-jitsu is about control and standing and head. He's like, yeah, but, like, as a result Melbourne of Storm that, I was just like, how the fuck? Like, have you ever watched a jiu-jitsu roll on a the, the other one was Ivan Cleary saying that, oh, you know, what are they supposed to do? Just let go. Like let it go. When Sony Luke was in that position, it's like, no, Ivan. What I'd like him to Don't do is make good first contact and not be in a position yeah. where he has to swing around and lose his legs. Yeah. You know the one that got me, which like, not not or it, swing around and put your chest to the back of his legs and his ass like everyone else. The prime does. example is one we're talking just mm. fatigue and laziness was the Nano one. Like he yeah. didn't even try to keep his legs. Like he grabbed him and he was tired and he just dropped, dropped. his legs and yeah. he didn't even look where he was going. So he, I don't. I'm not saying there's not intent. There was intent in the fatigue, but he didn't mean to do what he did. It was just, I'm fucking tired. Can't be bothered. He literally grabbed him and just fucking lost his legs. Take this, the worst thing is, he sat right on him. I'm like, fucking hell, that's brutal. Yeah. Like, that's a hip drop. Yeah. Some of the other ones, like I said, I haven't been 100% on it. That no, one I think there, there's accidents. Yeah, that one was the prime yeah. example of what we're talking about, fatigue doing shit technique, where he was just tired, lazy. He literally barely wrapped his arms on him. They hadn't yeah. even started to struggle with him, and he just deployed it and said, I'm fucking anchoring right so here. So do you know what? Come to daddy. So Hamlin, how would you like a knee brace? Yeah, Try was. one of these on. Bang. I was surprised that there was not, it wasn't more heated. Well, when he got up and threw it, I just laughed. I was like, you'll never play cricket because you didn't hit him. You hit Chester at the yeah, front. Yeah, I know. Probably Chester was sort of like, what the fuck did I do? <laughs> Two front rolls, got a five in the middle. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> yeah, he was about to be the fucking cream in between the Oreo. They were about to squash him. Get me out of here. <laughs> Poor old Mister, Tommy. Mister. Yeah. Yeah, what about that poor? But oh man, I was devil about that. I was yeah. swinging around and they're like ACL. I was like, really? Can't believe it. No good. Did not see that in that contact. But it's no good, man. All right, close it up there. As we said, the uh, event for Origin though need to get some numbers on it to make it worthwhile for the lads. Because if it's a midweeker mm. where no one's willing to rock up, we're not going to uh, obviously rob them of a full house, which they'd be able to obviously bring in with the public. Because mm. Origin's obviously a great night to drink beer. It so is, come man. drink beer with us. It is, my friend. Do it. All right. Thank you, bluebet.com.au. If you're going to have a bet with anyone, make sure you do it with the True Blue Bookie. Download the app today or visit the website. And remember, what are you really gambling with? For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Penrith Solar Center, Jake and the crew there. Visit them for the highest quality solar solutions and get yourself moving with Toby and the crew from Sinclair Hyundai Penrith corner of York Road and Bat Street Toby and the team there there's no one better let them get you moving we'll be back on Thursday to preview Magic Round to talk about anything else that's going on and hopefully try and find a few winners on the punt but for now enjoy your week and we'll be back with you on Thursday bring it on give us more give us more where are you going where are you? What, 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 what's going on here is that it? Is that it?
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 